Welcome everybody to episode 118. All three of us are back again, uh, which is always a pleasure. Uh, how have you been, Bill? Been awesome. How about yourself? Been doing okay. Wouldn't say awesome, but I'm working towards that. How about you, Chris? Well, yeah, well, I wouldn't say I'm awesome either, but you know, I, I always would say you're awesome. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I always try to be positive and then try to get there, right? So yeah, uh, I like it. Good mindset. Been, uh, I've been busier than a one-legged man in a butt-kicking competition. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's been my life lately. Getting those butts kicked, though? Uh, I'm trying. Does that count? Yeah. That counts. Are you, are you all out of bubble gum? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, <laughs> trying. Uh, so, what have you guys been playing? Anything since last time? Uh, yeah, game-wise, I've got... Uh, I don't remember if I mentioned this on the last show, because I think I played this before we recorded last. I don't remember if I mentioned it, but uh, after seeing Bit Brigade um, play uh, DuckTales, um, as well as... Um, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, Mega Ninja, Man. Ninja, right. No, yeah, yeah. Ninja, so we saw Ninja Gaiden a couple years ago at PAX. So this was DuckTales and Mega Man 2. Okay. Um, which was, which, oh man, it was awesome. Uh, I don't think I've seen them play Mega Man 2 before. I think I've seen them play 3. So At it's like, what else do you need? They picked the best Mega Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they picked a Mega Man. They picked a Mega Man, yeah. I mean, they can't all be 4. Um, so I was I was coming down for, off that high of like, oh, DuckTales was so cool. So um, I fired up DuckTales on the Steam Deck. And since I'm an awful retro gamer, I save scummed my way through it. And uh, I completed it. And then I sent you guys a picture and Kelsey was like, that's a pretty sick game gear. <laughs> and I would agree, it is a pretty sick game gear. So yeah, I, I finished DuckTales. Um, I have played the remastered one, but not in a long time. And it's such a short game. I think I might actually add that one to the list for the next you know, couple of weeks, see if I can just well, bang the through The remastered doubles the length because you have to sit through all those non-skippable dialogue <laughs> scenes. <laughs> I did not remember that there was non-skippable. So. There, there's a full... like, uh, like pre-level they added to it where you're like in the mansion and it's being taken over and there's so much talking you can't skip it's brutal like you know, it's they, funny they, i i yeah i remember that level that they added back. yeah I, I remember they added that there was that training level i don't remember the dialogue being non-skippable that's funny i wonder if that's something that they eventually patched or i mean i'll, I'll report back next time but uh <laughs> but yeah so i did um so i did ducktales um on the steam deck and I, I also, I have such a terrible memory, so I'm sorry if I already told you guys this, but when, when they did DuckTales, uh, Bit Brigade, um, so they just do the levels in order on the menu. So they did like Transylvania first, and then they kind of went down the list. So when, and if, if you're familiar with the game, you have to go back to Transylvania to finish the game at the end. So since mm -hmm. they have already played the Transylvania song, um, we got a surprise bonus track. So we they get back to Transylvania and they're playing this song and I'm like this sounds familiar is this is this uh, they played um, uh, Bloody Tears from uh, <laughs> Castlevania and I was like that is such a cool thing to do instead of just playing you know the same Transylvania song they played before so that got me in a little bit of a Castlevania music mood as well so I've been listening to that stuff so so yeah Ducktales on the Steam Deck I've been playing a little bit more Vampire Survivors um, just like one or two runs whenever I kind of you know have a few minutes to pop open the Steam Deck the new DLC has come out for it 
And since the game's only five bucks, the DLC is like a dollar ninety nine, and it was like discounted for the week it came out. So I got both of the DLCs for like three dollars and change. Um, I think the DLC kind of adds content onto further than I am in the game, so I haven't noticed anything really different. But I see like a whole lot more stuff I can unlock, uh, kind of in my unlocks menu. So looking forward to that. Uh, just a little bit of destiny here and there, but, uh, definitely not, you know, kind of like playing weekly and getting through all my powerfuls and doing the raid. Like I used to, I, I would like to kind of, you know, get back into a rhythm, but like, uh, Chris said, it's been just very, very busy and not like, uh, you know, one legged man busy, but definitely just like there, the priorities have kind of shifted and there's just things that I, you know, choose to do with my time. It's like, I'm taking guitar lessons. So a lot of times when I have time to play play video games, I'm like, you know, I am paying for these guitar lessons. I should probably practice, you know, the guitar. So that that kind of takes priority a lot of the time. But uh, uh, but yeah, so uh, but Destiny is still something that I want to, you know, kind of keep playing. And there was some uh, Dragon Quest chat in the Discord, in the Collector Cast Discord in the last few weeks. And we were chatting about, um, you know, I've never played through an entire one and like what's some good ones. So we got the possibility of a uh, of a Dragon Quest uh, game coming to the uh, Steam Deck uh, uh, at some point soon. Um, And then as far as the kids go, I always like to mention what they're playing. Uh, They are absolutely loving Astroneer, which I think I've mentioned a few times before. It's kind of like in the rotation. It's like all they're playing right now. Like they'll like one will be on one Xbox, one will be on the other. They'll yell to the other one, "Oh, look what I did! Look what I found!" And one will run in, "Oh, that's so cool!" And they run back. And Cameron actually wanted to. He's like, "I want to buy it for the Switch." And I'm like, "Yeah, but it's on Game Pass, so like we, you know, you don't have to pay for it or anything to play it. If you buy it on the Switch, it's thirty dollars like of your money." And he's like, "That's okay. Like I'm good with that." So we, we you know, took it out of his allowance. He bought Astroneer on the switch. So he plays it there. He goes back to the Xbox and I'm like, is it like cross saved? Does your progress? Uh, and he's like, Nope, I got different progress on, on the two systems. And I'm like, you're cool with that. Yeah, I'm cool with that. But, uh, <laughs> so Minecraft legends, which uh, Callahan's been talking a lot about lately, like excited to play. He played it for a few hours today. Uh, it's definitely different. I mean, it's, it's like a, it's like an, a, an action adventure type game in the it's Minecraft like a universe. Top down, like Diablo style game, isn't it? So not, di- so I wouldn't say top down. It's, it's, it's very close to top down. It's kind of has the same like view of Minecraft. Um, what's that other one? Um, the four player uh, simultaneous Dun- dungeons. Yeah, yeah. Minecraft dungeons. It kind of looks like that. Oh, that's um, the one I was thinking of when I just right, said what exactly. I said. Exactly. Yes. Yep. yep. So that is very, very much like a Diablo. So this one is a is a one player. Um, it's more like an action strategy. I watched him play for a little bit. So it's in the world. You're still, you know, mining resources and, and doing things, but it's definitely different than playing playing Minecraft. So he played it for a few hours. He's really into it. But then I kind of left him for a little bit and to make a snack. And when I came back, Astroneer <laughs> was loaded <laughs> up. So that's kind of taken their uh their, their attention right now so uh that's everything for games for me so uh if we're or if we're gonna go around robbing through the games we can just uh, uh sure chris yeah. between all the butts you've been kicking you able to play anything uh, i did so, something on the power pad <laughs> one life. I feel like it. uh no i had to uh i have to start kicking some uh some garland rear end Kick, um, because kicking I'm, some buttons yeah i uh <laughs> 
been playing some uh, the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster finally showed yeah. up in the mail. So uh, I think it Saw dropped officially. Yeah, officially it dropped on the nineteenth. I think digitally, but my copy showed up on the on the twentieth four twenty. Uh, I don't partake, but you know, for those that you do uh, that, that do, I, I salute you. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're, I popped it in and fired it up, and I got the PlayStation Four, the physical copy, which apparently is. Didn't make a lot of those doggone things, but um, yeah, no, it's really kind of interesting. You uh, you put the disc in, and then it's just like a bunch of different things. It's not like one installer, and then you go into it, and it play. It's just they installs them all as like separate games. You know, it, would, it just looks weird because usually, like on the dash, you'll see like a game, and it has like the disc icon or whatnot. There's just like tons of yeah. them on the same disc. <laughs> but anyway. Um, I so, think, yeah, and they, I think they, uh, not to interrupt, but I think yeah. one of the Kingdom Hearts collections was like that. Like you threw it in and it like threw like multiple different like launchable uh, like programs from the dash, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting way to do it. And yeah. what's strange, though, is like the the disc still shows up on the like the bar, right, where mm-hmm. all the things are. Of course, there's nothing to it. <laughs> it's just it's weird that all the different icons plus that one is there. It doesn't really make any sense. But so so there's seven icons. Yes, that is weird. It is really weird. But um, I, that and you know I got the code. Like they send you a code for um, the pre-purchase you know bonuses, mm. and so they're like avatars, like tons of these. Uh, basically, all the characters from all the games. You there's tons of these avatars. And then um, a PS4 theme, which obviously doesn't work at all on the PS5, so it's an interesting <laughs> choice, but whatever. Um, I don't care. It's not like I bought it for the pre-order bonus. Right. But, um, yeah, so I installed them all, and I started playing Final Fantasy, the original, uh, right away. And um, I'm pretty far through it. I'm, uh, I'm trying to think of where I left off last. Last, I just finished the Water Temple. So I think I've got one more fiend to go, mm-hmm. and uh, then I'll be towards the end. So yeah, you make a pretty far. rapid progress. You get to like adjust a lot of the battle stuff. So in the menuing, you can adjust like how much experience and gill you get, all the mm-hmm. way from like the standard amount. You can jack it all the way up to times four for every battle, and you can even go the other way if you want to make it harder. You can make it like half as much or you can make it zero you get nothing Mm. from from the battle so if you want to put yourself in a challenge run for these games they give you that option as well but um i've just cranked it up i've cranked everything up to 4x um and i'm still doing the random battles and um they they've adjusted because the original final fantasy if you guys remember i think the, the original one the characters were capped at level 50 but they've adjusted this to be like all the rest of them now where it goes up to 99 so you don't really have Jeez. to worry about that too much. Not that you don't need to be able to go to 99, but I think they right. just recognize it's like, eh, why not? If somebody wants to do right. it, let them have fun. <laughs> yeah. um, have they, uh, is there a fast-forward option? There is um, a couple things. are kind of like there's auto there's like auto run. So when you're mm. in the towns and the dungeons, right. you can run like right. pretty doggone fast. You can... In, toggle encounters on or off completely. It's just like an mm. on-off switch, and they just put it on... Um, like R3, so you can just pop them on and off if you want to. Oh, and nice. then there is an auto battle mode where you basically can press a button 
and like you push square and it will just whatever you queued up manually last time it will just repeat ad nauseum mm. until you turn the auto battle off so if it's nice. one person uses this item and the other person casts the spell or whatever it just will repeat that yeah. so it takes away a lot of the drudgery yeah um and it also well, when you're yeah. in that auto battle mode it speeds the battle up right yeah because i i forget which one it was i think it was the the xbox version of final fantasy 9 and i didn't know these features were in there but like just randomly playing it i like hit one of the triggers and like the battle just sped up and i was like what did i just do so like they have it just built in where you can just you know fast forward at any point and then just like you said you can toggle how much experience so like i didn't know what i had done and i was like level like you know 15 or 20 like 10 minutes into the game i was like what is going on i'm destroying things but yeah so Bill's it sounds like, like did i of... did i just become a chrono what <laughs> yeah <just> <laughs> so yeah it's inter- it's cool to see that they've kind of applied that mentality to, like across all of the uh, the remasters cuz the the version of 6 that i played was just like the regular old super nintendo uh, you know version it wasn't like enhanced or you know new or anything so so that's pretty cool that you're that far through one already yeah, that's it. I mean, it like even with keeping encounters on, um, I feel like even at four X, it basically just lets you walk through the game, keep fighting mm-hmm. things, kind of as the game goes. But with that much experience and everything that you receive, you really just never need to grind. Mm. I mean, you still get the experience of having the battles, but not that like I'm just going to spend an hour in this one place killing things over and over. You never need to do that. Right. So which the, the day it came out, another friend of mine, also named Chris, texted me, and he's like, "I just beat Final Fantasy in five hours. I'm max level. I've talked to every NPC and I've opened every treasure chest." <laughs> and he must have really been working on it because I think I'm at like seven hours right now, and I've still got a little left to go. He um, knows the the first like six of those games like inside out too. Oh um, yeah, that probably helps because there's a few yeah. times where I was like, "Where am I supposed to go again?" and yeah. You know, I would do some piddling around trying to figure it out. So I've got a little bit left to go. Uh, I, you know, they they give you um, like a obviously like a new music score that's all an orchestrated score, or you can toggle right back to the original music if you want to, whatever suits your you know your thing. You can toggle that whenever you want. Um, and yeah, they they give you quick saves, so it's like the GBA versions and stuff. You can quick save when it, wherever you want at any time, and then you have the traditional save. And I don't know, having a blast. My plan is to play through the whole series, and uh, yeah, especially at this rate, like a lot of these older ones, be able to peel through them pretty quick. So uh, yeah, enjoying some Final Fantasy. That's I'll be doing that for a little while. It's a good collection. It really is. With both both the both of my Chris's like pummeling me from each side that day, I broke down in, in order to copy too. <laughs> so yeah, I had to weeks, uh, like uh, pull the the suplex maneuver on Kelsey like a, like the Doom Train. And <laughs> well, the thing that did it was the cheap ass gamer deal. I was like, oh, like because it's pretty expensive collection, but it was like twenty bucks off with their codes. So I was like, oh, okay, now I got to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I look forward to you getting into it because you played through all the Dragon Quest games recently, so it'll be interesting yeah. to hear you talk about all these old final, original Final Fantasies. And they yeah, look, once they, I, they look good. They they did a good job. Once I do Final Fantasy two and three and Dragon Quest eleven, I'll have done all of the mainline games in both of those series. Mm. Very good, awesome. But uh, yeah, looking forward to when you get it and hearing more about it. But I'm gonna keep on trucking so that's what i've been up to sweet 
Um, I've been kind of in a gaming funk since I finished Octopath 2 and didn't really want to know, didn't know what I wanted to start next. Um, so I just picked something light to uh, be like a palate cleanser. And I went with Donkey Kong on the Game Boy. Oh, uh, pulled that's out a good one. The, yeah, I've always heard that. So I was like, I got to check this out. And I pulled out the Analog Pocket to play it on too. Oh, very nice. And so it looked great. And uh, the controls are fantastic on the Pocket. Like I was really, really pleased with the D-pad. Um, but yeah, Donkey Kong was great. It, like it lived up to the reputation. Um, I, I knew the twist where you like play through the first few levels and then it's like, ah, here's like a hundred more... <laughs> kind of thing yep. um but it was, like it was cool v, it was like vr missions <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah some of the, there was only a couple like there's a lot of levels and i think only maybe like three to five of them were frustrating and the rest were like clever and fun and, and interesting um so that, that was cool it went through that and then after that i also put in ducktales but for the game boy mm. um was wanted to keep going with the pocket and mm. uh was curious how different that was from the nes version and it's probably like 90 percent the same and there's just like a few screens that are uh altered or like uh special items aren't always where they were in the other one mm. kind of thing so it just felt a little off almost like uh you're like playing a bootleg kind of thing because i know the other one so well it's <laughs> like ah oh, there was supposed to be a treasure here and there's no treasure I, I was actually surprised when I was playing through it how I was kind of on autopilot. Like, I didn't know why I was caning, jumping up to this corner. But then once I did and, like, an ice cream fell down, I was like, oh, yeah, like, that's why I always <laughs> did that. So it was crazy to see, like, the muscle yeah. memory kind of come back of, like, the areas you go to. So, yeah, if you ever played the game of one, you, most of that still works. But then you'll do something. You're like, wait, I'm supposed to go through the wall here and get a cake. There's no cake here. <laughs> That's cool. That ball it? cake. Oh, I, I forgot to mention um, uh, in Vampire Survivors, I forgot to mention this um, as a reference. It's a vampire game, right? So as a as a kind of nod to Castlevania uh, throughout the game, you'll like kind of like hit like a candelabra and like some some chicken <laughs> will show up as like uh, food. And whenever you pick it up, like it's it's labeled in the game as uh, floor chicken. <laughs> so they have their wall chicken and we have floor chicken. So that was nice. a, a nice little nod. I thought you were going to make a Count Ducula reference. No, but uh, you know what? It's it's. Keep your eyes I'm peeled. not I'm not through it all. Yeah, so it could be. It's yeah. there's some there's some pretty like kind of tongue in cheek self aware stuff in there. It's a very small you know indie team that makes it. But uh, yeah, I forgot to mention Floor Chicken before. I got a kick out of that. <laughs> so I got to ask because um, I don't remember if I ever played the Game Boy version. How's the music stack up on the Game Boy version? Um, it's good. It's what you'd expect. Uh, it sounds decent on the Game Boy, and it's the same same tracks. Okay, cool. I, f- I forget, does the Analog Pocket have um, Bluetooth for audio or no? Uh, I don't know, honestly. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if it did, but I just uh, I actually just listened to it through its external speaker. I didn't even plug headphones into it. Gotcha, okay. Yeah, because yeah. for, for those who didn't, we were talking about Bluetooth audio, I think, before we got started, so that's why I wanted to... It was just on my mind, like, hey, maybe you could pair it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look into that. I haven't played with all the features. I haven't even used the dock for it yet because I still feel like I need to get a, a controller I'm happy with. Mm. Yeah. Um, still plugging away on Final Fantasy 13 2 with my buddy, and it has not gotten any better. Uh, it's <laughs> it's, it's going to be bad the whole way has through. Has lightning returned um, yet? 
she she's in the first like you play as lightning for the first like 20 minutes of the game and it's like crazy like there's like a, you're in the middle of a war and there's like she's so powerful and there's like all this crazy action and it's gorgeous and then you switch to her sister and it's just like this weird boring mess after that for like 40 hours <laughs> so if you fals- ever want to play the game falsier in it <laughs> lots there's like proto falci there's like um ones where they've like made an artificial falci uh there's some weird stuff going on some time travel Okay, cause nobody a, knows what falsy. Wait, cocoons. wait, a faux fal, yeah. a faux falsy. Yeah, faux <laughs> oh. falsy. Uh, but yeah, if you're ever curious, just play the first twenty minutes and then turn it off. That's good. <laughs> um, I've been, I've I finished the Atari 50th anniversary collection. Um, yeah. I played every game on there at least for a little bit. Um, it's such an interesting way to do one of these anniversary collections um, because they've set it up into like five chapters and they're done chronologically in each chapter and they tell a story about Atari. They don't just have the games, but you can can just toggle the games on. If you just want a list, you just want to play the games, they're there too. But you like open it up and it's like, hey, here's like how Atari was Syzygy before it was Atari. And it, they tell little stories. They have video clips of like, uh, you know, Donald Bushnell and Al Alcorn and those kind of guys talking about the good old days. There'll be like scans of like the business cards from Syzygy. Um, and then they're like, now we're, now we're get to Pong. And it's like, here's, here's what a Pong arcade cabinet looked like. And it's got like arcade flyers to promote it. And it's got the schematics and stuff. Wait, and then yep. you can like, was there a computer space? Uh, they talk about computer space, but it's not a playable game on there. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they, they, yeah, they don't, the, the thing that frustrated me about it is I'm sure it's just licensing issues. Cause I know those guys want to be as complete as they can, but they're, they're like talking to like David Crane and the Activision guys and you know they reference like stuff like Pitfall and things, but they don't have any Activision licenses, so that there's no Activision games on it. Mm. Yeah. And it just feels so weird to have them talked about and have these quotes about them and these videos talking about these games, but they can't play those games. Those mm. ones are off limits, kind of thing. So I'm sure they did the best they could with uh, with those kind of things, but there's a lot of like holes in the library, which sucks because um, mm. they they do paint a pretty good picture of it. Um, and they do go through like the arcade timeline. They go through the 2600. They go through the Atari 400, 800, you know, the XLs, like all the computer stuff. Um, there's not a lot playable for the computer stuff, but they do talk about it. And there's lots of like images of the hardware and, uh, there's like video clips of the old commercials and stuff, which are hilarious. They're so good. <laughs> I can imagine um, I think probably from that era would be like ball blazer. They did like Minor 2049er. That's a pretty important game. Mm. Um, so, so that one's on there in the sequel, which is uh, pretty rare, apparently. Um, and then there was... Have you ever heard of a game called Yoomp? Y-O-O-M-P? No. So it is a homebrew game from like, I think it was 2007. Uh, developed by, you know, like enthusiasts for the Atari 800. Um but like, you know, 40 years later and it's amazing. It was so <laughs> interesting. Uh, it's kind of, I think you'd like it, Chris, cause it, 
it has like a feeling kind of like the Tempest 2000 where like you can, you know, rotate the whole screen around kind of thing, but you're bouncing a ball through like a tunnel. Um, music was great. It looked cool. Yeah. You should just watch a video of you after and, and see what you think. But I, I got to ask real quick, is Stun Runner in this collection? Um, I don't think it was. No, no. Oh, I love that arcade game. Yeah, th- there was quite a few arcades things though. I was pretty impressed. Uh, they had like Lunar Lander and iRobot and Major Havoc and uh, you know all the obvious ones like Millipede and Centipede and uh, Asteroids and those kind of things. Um, and they have multiple versions of some games too. So it's like if you wanted to know the differences between like the twenty six hundred version and the seventy eight hundred version of Dark Chambers, you could like play both ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lynx library was pretty depressing. I thought uh, that just had like the the main games they kept advertising, like you know Warbirds and uh, Scrapyard Dog and that kind of stuff. Um, nothing too, nothing too interesting there. Uh, some Jaguar stuff, which was kind of neat. I I've played Fight the for only life, game that, right. Fight for Life was on there. Yeah, <laughs> I played uh, a painfully long round of that oh my goodness those those <laughs> rounds are they go on forever kasumi ninja's not on there though is it no there was no kasumi ninja uh there was atari carts though which was i that's one of the only games i didn't own uh prior to this so i played that and it you know it's fine as a racer but the soundtrack was amazing i oh. had no idea it's really good like every single level had awesome music cool yeah um yeah so it was awesome how they displayed everything like chronologically they told these stories about these people all these interviews and uh ephemera related to the with all the games they they remade some of the games themselves too they're like here's you know breakout on the arcade here's breakout on the 2600 here's breakout on the 7800 here's our version of breakout in 2022 when they made the game kind of thing um, and so there was a few of those where they like made their own versions of them and kind of modernized they, them, which was kind of neat. Did they include Breakout 2000 on Jaguar? Uh, no, they had uh, Tempest and the Missile Command remakes on the Jaguar, though. Huh. I, 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 I tweeted and asked why they didn't do Defender 2000. They said they didn't have the rights, but they should have the rights to Breakout 2000, I would imagine. I would have thought so too. And there's so many interviews with like Eugene Jarvis about Defender too, but like it's not playable on there. It's it's weird. Yeah, that's, not, that's a shame. I I, I want to get the collection when I can find it at a decent, pretty cheap price. Like twenty bucks is the the pickup point for me. Yeah, I got mine for thirty with the steel case. So I thought that was that was a good enough deal for me. Uh, and I've always wanted to play Ninja Golf, and that was on there. So that, <laughs> that was a interesting game i'm I'm glad i didn't spend the money to get the 7800 version because it's not a cheap one but uh happy to have played it finally there you go yeah uh oh and they uh you might find this interesting too chris you know the like old contest they had for all the sword quest games yeah so they made air world they like finished the quadrilogy finally so um i kind of heard a little bit about it. i'm curious was it based on like oh we had an old working rom or they're like no we just started from scratch yeah i think they just made their own thing but like they very much tried to keep it in the uh uh same vein as all the other ones like i played it for 
about 30 minutes and I played all the other ones for about 30 minutes as well. And it really felt like, like, uh, it could have been like a lost Atari game kind of thing. They should have see what they should have done is like actually finally ran like the, the contest or whatever. Now that all of them yeah. are out. <laughs> get, get your gold crown. Um, there was a few games that were like unreleased that uh, they did put on the collection though, like Tank 2 or Combat 2, um, which, you know, has been, I'm sure there's a prototype that's been around forever, but like it was neat that they had like homebrew game. They had a bunch of unreleased stuff that uh, was like mostly finished and they finished it up. Um, but yeah, just too many weird holes that kind of made it... F- and they kept talking about these games, too, so you kind of expected them to show up, and then they didn't. Mm. Anyway, it's, it's definitely worth 20 to 30 bucks if you're a video game history fan or an Atari fan. Yeah, I'm uh, yeah. watching for it. I started playing some Shimigami Tensei Strange Journey Redux on mm-hmm. the 3DS a couple nights ago. So I'm not very far yet, but I really like how it started so far. It's got a cool vibe uh, where it's kind of like, it's like they mashed like The Thing and Event Horizon like together. Crazy. Yeah. So you're like in Antarctica on this mission to, to check out this anomaly and you get like sucked into it kind of thing and you can't escape. And it's, so it's like a dungeon crawler now. But there's like demons attacking and you're finding out that this anomaly is like spreading. So if it gets out of Antarctica, uh, it's going to start enveloping other parts of the earth and you'll be overrun by demons. So you've got to figure out what's going on and take care of it. Is this your last uh, SMT game to play? Uh, I still got to do five to the newest one. Uh, when Soul Hackers 2, which came out recently... Um, so basically just the newest ones I haven't got to yet, but I own all of them. So after Strange Journey, um, I'll probably do Soul Hackers 2, I think. Cool. Yeah. And la- was it last night? Yeah, what day is it? Last night. Um, a buddy of mine, he's kind of, he's a busy guy. And every time I talk to him, he hasn't, I feel like he was getting uh, burnt out and he hasn't made time for himself in a long time. So I talked to his wife a little bit. I was like, Hey, can we like steal him and just like hang out? Like he loves Halo. So I'm like, if I get his other buddies together, we'll just, you know, order pizza and play Halo. And she's like, he would love that. (laughs) So we, we got everybody together. We went and like surprised him at his house. Like he wasn't expecting us, uh, picked him up, took him out, picked up his other friend from work um and then we played halo multiplayer for several hours yesterday and, and ate some pizzas and had a good time lots of laughs and uh goofing around nice which halo uh we had the master chief collection mm. um so we played a lot of the first one which i'm okay at i was mm. able to get a couple seconds and thirds but uh, no last places which i was excited about but then the more modern that we started getting to, the worse and worse I did. So we'd get to like Halo 3 and I just, I could, I was like five kills and everyone else was like 20 to 25. <laughs> it was getting embarrassing. Do you even FPS, bro? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, I can gold deny. That's about it. I was like, you guys had a lot of good time anyway. We did. Yeah. I think he enjoyed that and, and was able to, he, he had, I don't think he's played Halo and I don't know, six months or more, and he he's just been busy. Busy guy, so it was nice to like force him to take a break. Everybody needs that. Yeah. 
It's good to have good um, friends around that recognize that too. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. We'll try and watch out for each other. I know you guys do that for me too. Appreciate it. Don't make me come up there. Oh, you're <laughs> always welcome. I might might make you. What one of these days I'd love to. Yeah. Just keep me posted. We're you know, allowing travelers again. You can I know. I saw that Canada's open for business. <laughs> yep. Uh, so before we move on to the topic, anything else you guys wanted to cover? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I had some movies and music first, stuff Bill. I could bang through quick. Some uh, movies. Um, I with the you know Oscars just being a few months ago, I kind of got me thinking about some best picture nominees. So I looked up some best pictures, uh, or sorry, winners. So I looked up some best picture winners that I'd never seen before, and at the top of the list of ones that people said were really good was this one called Moonlight. I didn't really know anything about it. Uh, plot wise or anything so I watched Moonlight and I don't know if I could have been prepared going in for like what it actually is um, have either one of you guys seen Moonlight nope no I just the only thing I know about it's that controversy where they like said the wrong name at the Oscars oh yeah where they announced like the wrong movie and then they were like oh yeah. guys sorry like actually it was this one so um, I won't get too much into it um, uh, Mahershala Ali is in it that which I didn't know which is pretty awesome so basically, the movie follows a uh, a young man through three different stages of his life. Like the first third of the movie, he's like a young boy, like, I don't know, maybe five, six, something like that. And then he's like an adolescent, like in high school. And then he's like kind of like a, a grown man, like maybe like in his 30s, uh, something like that. And it's just about, you know, kind of like what he goes through, like his life experience, uh, you know, not having a father figure and finding a father figure, having a mother who is not doing a good job taking care of him. It's it's not a feel good movie. And then he has like his own like personal like internal struggles that he's dealing with, like, you know, like with like who he is, like his identity and stuff like that. So uh, it was it was very good is very well made. But like we've been talking about for a while, there's, you know, there's some some things even though they're like really really good it's like it's over and you're like man it's just not an uplifting you know like thing to watch um but uh very very well made glad i watched it i've, I've read it. it's like one of the best best picture uh, movies in the last uh, you know 20 years uh so it was solid but just know going in that it's uh you know again not a feel-gooder and then um, I started one that's been on my list for a while. Uh, it's called The Host. Uh, this is uh, Bong Joon-ho, uh, the director of Parasite. Um, and I've heard about this for a while. It's a monster movie. Uh, what's cool about it is it's not like a lot of monster movies where like you're waiting for the monster to show up for a long time. Uh, the monster shows up very early in the movie, which is kind of cool. And I thought it was interesting. It's the director of Parasite and one of the main guys from Parasite, uh, uh, played by Song Kang Ho. Uh, he's in this movie as well. He's like a main character in it. Uh, the only thing that's a little bit jarring is the special effects are really not super well done. Like they do the best they can with what you know with what they have. But like whenever you see the monster on screen, you're like, well, I mean. Obviously, you know it's CG because the monster doesn't exist, but like it's jarring how much it stands out from like everything else in the movie. Uh, other than that, it's solid so far. Heard good things about it. Um, the movie watching has been a little bit slow uh, as of late because of the Stanley Cup playoffs being on, but I don't need to tell you guys that. I'm sure you're watching every night just like me. I'm rooting and, for Stanley. Uh, 
Yeah. Oh, Stanley never loses. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, we actually watched Holes last night with a good old Stanley Yelnats. So uh, I I haven't seen it in years. My oldest just read the book, so that was a fun one to to watch for the first time in a while. I forgot how good it was. Um, it's it's there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things kind of like meet back up. So yeah, that was that was awesome. Um, and then, uh, only other movie I was going to mention is, um, I know you guys have just like me, you have those like comfort food movies where like you just put them on because mm-hmm. you just love them and they never get old. I could watch midnight run at any time <laughs> of any day of any week. Uh, and I just, I couldn't figure out what to put on recently. And I'm like something light, something funny, something fun. And I just threw on midnight run while I was like cleaning up the house a little bit. And it's, it's never not good. I love it so much. Speaking of like monster movies and like holes and stuff, I actually just watched Tremors today. Oh, um, I've never seen it before. Oh. I did not know that. That's awesome. No. Well, you are one degree removed from Kevin Bacon, so you got to watch all. Oh, yeah, I really liked how like it's not a big town. I think they said like population fourteen or something. Yeah, but there's a monster and every other monster movie, you know, there's always like all this infighting and stuff, but it's like the whole town's just like on board. Like we're going to survive. We're going to work together. Like no one's trying to backstab or betray. They're all like a team. It which feels like cool. a co-op board game, right? Like it's totally. Yeah. And there's one part where they like, they get frustrated and yell at each other, but it's like 10 seconds and then they get over it. They're onto the next plan. And like, it was, that was so refreshing to actually see like this people like working together, like people and not, Having like one guy who's a Kai, I secretly created the monster and I'm rooting for him kind of thing. Like, <laughs> that's a great point. I never really thought about it that way, but you're absolutely right. Like, once everyone kind of you know knows what the score is, everyone comes together, and that's I've, yeah, I don't and- think I've ever seen any of the sequels. Um, so I'd be curious to know if anyone can point out, oh, you know, two or three or four is really good, and stay away from the others. But yeah, it's uh, Tremors is always solid. I, yeah, I don't like know why the, everyone. Head. I always get tremors and critters mixed up. I've never seen critters. Don't. No, not good. It's not that good. Critters are the um, little little ball guys on the yes, cover of the VHS. Like the, they're like, they're like the, the bad gremlins. Right? Yes. Yes. I can see the the VHS cover yeah, in my head. Sure so I love the VHS cover for Tremors is one of my favorites all time with like. And That's the thing a good is, cover, yeah. it's not, I mean, obviously it's trying to do a job to get you to want to watch the movie, but like the scale of the monster on the front of the VHS <laughs> is nowhere near misleading. the actual size. And I always thought that it looked like a person's hand. Like if you look at the VHS cover, I think it's just like they like painted up a person's hand and like, you know, uh, like did the scaling that way. But uh but yeah, that's. Uh, so I, the, I actually the thought second? it was going to be way scarier because of that cover. And then when you see it, oh, like sure. it's it's more, you know, like it's and it's all in broad daylight. Like so many and, monster and horror movies happen in the dark. This thing is and, bright the entire movie. And they're not idiots. Like they figure it out pretty quick. Like oh, this thing's underground. Like it'll wait yeah. for you. Like yeah, they're not. I, I liked how the. This, even though it's like a town of rednecks where like they yeah. really could have went like oh we're stupid idiots like <laughs> yeah. they, they figured things out pretty quick and, and yeah. uh made plans plan doesn't work so we'll adapt we'll do another plan i was yeah. impressed with them what are uh, your thoughts one one last question what are your okay. thoughts do you remember when kevin bacon couldn't hammer a nail Oh my god we yeah that's right at the start <laughs> and we like we're like he swung at that thing like six times and didn't hit it so 
I, there's there's been talk about this over the years because it look it doesn't look like he's trying to miss. It looks like he's like trying to hit it the whole time, and then the other actor kind of like leans over and looks at it like, "What the hell is wrong with this guy?" <laughs> so Kevin has said like, "Oh yeah, like that was a joke, and like it was like a joke take, and we didn't know it was going to be in kind of stuff." But I am of the opinion that Kevin Bacon doesn't know how to operate a hammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> Um, the second I watched the movie with my wife and the second we finished it, I showed her that Mentos commercial version of it that you yes. sent us like a couple of weeks back. So good. That's great. It's great that that uh, holds up, especially uh, I'm glad that you saved it because that was a little bit ago that we uh, shared that. I didn't say that I had to like search it up again, but uh, it was easy enough to find. Oh, it was in the meme channel. Is it in the discord channel somewhere? Probably. I just, okay. I just Googled like gotcha. tremors Mentos and it, it came up pretty quick. <laughs> Nice. Well, I don't you, Chris, I... any time for movies? Uh, the only thing I wanted to say is that uh, Star Trek Picard just wrapped up third season. Mm-hmm. And man, somebody got it right. I mean, this is this season was somebody said, I'm going to give these people what they deserve. These fans mm-hmm. are going to get what they want and enjoy the ride. And uh, yep perfect they like that's great just start to finish take you everywhere give you everything you want <laughs> and that's you so don't you, you, it's not even it doesn't even you know you're being pandered to but the story that undergirds the season is strong enough to carry it so even when those things come along you're not like oh come on you're like yeah all right <laughs> like, this is awesome and uh, I, yes, I was last... so close to starting it and I was sitting in the recliner and nothing was going on. It was like last weekend. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to put on Picard three. And I like got it queued up and it's like ready to start. And one of my kids walks in and was like something like, oh, hey, like you want to do something or you want to go outside or something? And like our rule is like, oh, we never say no to that. So it's like, yeah. absolutely. I want to go outside with you. So I was so close to starting it. It's, it's still on the list. I can't wait now that you uh, are finished and you loved it it'll you know it'll be there but i mean this just if you at all enjoyed the next generation stuff this is just like the ultimate love letter and the way to say farewell to this cast mm-hmm. i mean they just they, they do everything right and uh, they do a good job not unsurprising i thought okay how are they going to keep this ball rolling and they show you something at the end. They're like, okay, I see where they're going to go in the future. Right. Obviously it is the end of the next generation crew, but there still are people from this series that will continue on to something else that you'll, you'll see as you go through. I don't want to spoil anything beyond that, but I think it'll still be really good. And, uh, the little last reveal thing at the very end, they do one of those like almost like wait till the end things where like they have this this fun thing credit scene at the end where i don't i won't spend too much time it doesn't ruin anything they're like playing cards right they're just hanging mm. out playing cards enjoying themselves and you just think okay that's it credits are rolling da, 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 da. and then of course, are they playing cards with like einstein and stephen hawking though no it's the, it's the next generation crew they're not on the holodeck <laughs> oh um but I don't know. Maybe they are on a holodeck, but they're not with those guys. So there's no Einstein or anybody. 
But uh, yeah, at the very end, they do like, okay, uh, uh, here's the thing. And then it's like, <laughs> okay, I see where they're going to go. So yeah, just man, just ridiculously top notch. Uh, the new ep- new s- season of Strange New Worlds hits in like a month and a half or so, or like two months. I'm really looking forward to that. They announced that they're going to start filming on a, a movie based on... Um, one of the really awesome characters from Discovery. Um, I know that I think they're cooking on like the last season of Discovery, and so man, Star Trek is really knocking it out of the park here lately. Just fantastic mm. stuff. <laughs> Glad one of the stars is knocking it out of the park. Yeah, I don't know where Star Wars is going. Eh, I'm, I'm not. I've, I'm, I just finished Mandalorian with my son. It was it was fine. It's still fine. It's it's just been okay the whole ride. It's not not doing anything amazing for me. Yeah, right. we haven't finished. We haven't finished this current season. Uh, I absolutely adore Andor, and I can't wait for it oh, to come yeah. back. Andor uh, was amazing. And I know they had some new. I don't really pay much attention to like those big Disney D twenty three Star Wars celebration things that they have. But like, it's like that's the week that like all the Star Wars news hits, and it's like, oh, like, there's going to be this movie and this movie and this movie. And I've said before, like, I can't really get excited for stuff that's super far away. Like when it's a few months away, let me know, and then you know we'll we'll see. But uh, I mean, we know we know they're cooking stuff, so hopefully they can do some more stuff that lands. Um, but and also hopefully knowing that something like Andor lands, maybe they can make something that's like a little bit more, a little bit more heady, a little bit more, uh, you know, more substance to it, as opposed to just kind of like like Chris has said before, like rehashing that same 50 year period. Like I read a, a headline somewhere that was like, like Mandalorian is like being crushed under the weight of like all the continuity that it has to like keep track of. And it's like, yeah, like I do not care about that time period, like do something else. So I think they got a few things uh, cooking that are outside of the, you know, that 50 years. So, but yeah, Speaking I'm of- excited to do some, uh, some Picard. Speaking of that, I won't take long, but it was just, I was, had to go to a kid's birthday party today so we were out same shopping like toy shopping today and i haven't been in a toy aisle in a long time so it's not boys <laughs> toys right I've got, how, how many uh, raker figures did you pick up <laughs> well, not do, that. does I, does he come with the chair when he steps <laughs> over <laughs> but uh, but i've had well, i've had this girl how many boys right so i, mm. I haven't looked at boys toys and i don't know never i mean in a long time so i was <laughs> surprised i was going through and i'm like you decide to mention because like Star Wars and like oh hey look there's these little Andor figures and they're like they look like the old Star Wars package figures, but then they also had like next to like Return of the Jedi and all this stuff. So I'm like, they're still selling Return of the Jedi toys. Yeah, and, and years ago when I was working at Toys R Us, and this is I mean 15, 20 years like I was in high school, but like there's always new stuff for like, you'd have like the alien versus predator, you know, like figures, but there were also like alien aliens and alien three figures on the shelf. Like the old stuff, like they figured out, like people don't care that it's not from 30 years ago. Like they'll still buy that stuff. So there's still a lot of like OG and not just star, like star Wars as well as other things, but like horror movies, like there's Friday the 13th stuff. There's Freddy Krueger stuff. Like that old stuff still moves. So yeah, it's uh it's crazy to see like the Ewoks and like, you know, all the stuff from Jedi, like still on the shelf. Yeah. It was wild. I never thought about that too. Cause yeah. Cause with, without boys, I mean, you're probably uh, not spending too much time in the Hasbro uh, section, but that's, nope. uh, 
That's that's kind of and our guys aren't big action figure guys. They're into like the the like Disney cars, like you know, like Lightning McQueen and everything. So we spend some time in in that aisle, and they like building things. They like vehicles, but they've never been action figure guys. We were all action figure kids growing oh, yeah, up, like turtles and wrestling figures and He-Man, and like oh, couldn't get enough action figures. We show them action figures, and they're like, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my son was the same way and no interest and yeah with yeah. me it was you know like all the all the ones you just mentioned and thundercats and batman yeah. and yeah mm. yep i had tons of star wars figures yeah. oh yeah mm. that's all i got crazy awesome so yeah the only other thing i had was a little bit of music stuff uh to go over before we jump into topics so uh, uh this won't take too long uh but today we're recording on uh record store day uh so I had uh, I had looked at the every year when the list comes out, and for those who aren't uh, aware, Record Store Day is a kind of a big day in vinyl records that happens every year. The industry gets together and they all, you know, they they have all these special releases, and we're talking hundreds, not just like a few, like hundreds of special releases, and they all kind of come out in the same day. Many of them for the first time ever. Uh, or if not for the first time ever, for the first time widely available. A lot of time it's like a rare or unreleased or like a bootleg that like is kind of floating around out there and they like legitimize it. Uh, a lot of times it's exclusive to Record Store Day. So like once it's the stock that comes out on Record Store Day is gone, you can't find it again. Um, so a little bit like limited run in that way. But um, but yeah, so I, I look at the list every year and I kind of went through it and I'm like, yeah, like nothing's really like jumping out to me. So I wasn't really planning on going. And then in the Discord, um, I think Engineer Mike and like some a few other guys were just mentioning, like, oh, is any anyone going for Record Store Day? And I kind of gave the list another look, like a closer look, because my wife wanted the Taylor Swift uh, record um, that uh, came out today. So I looked at it again closely and slowly, and I was like, oh, actually, you know what? There's an Our Lady Peace record. Uh, it's like, a, you know, not a greatest hits, but just like a collection of some of the cool songs over the years. And I was like, I wouldn't mind that. And there's this Pearl Jam record called Give Isn't Way. Isn't that the definition of a greatest hits? No, but it's not like, it's not, remember we were talking earlier about like, there's like the hits and then there's the deep cuts. So this is actually more like a collection of deep cuts, which is which is interesting. So that's why it's not like a greatest hits album. It's like Our Lady Peace Collective. It's, it's like he, it's like a greatest hits album made by someone who actually likes the band a lot. Exactly. So or like, no, you know what I No Superman's he, dead. Well, I mean, I don't legally in Canada, I don't think they can put out a record without <laughs> Superman's Dead being a track on it. But yeah, it's uh, uh, it's got to be on there. But um, the uh, the what do you call it? The um, the Pearl Jam record, and I like I like Pearl Jam. They're okay. I'm not like a mega fan, but uh, I I really like a lot of their stuff. So there's this Pearl Jam record on there called Give Way, and I thought about it. and I'm like, oh, that's funny because they had an album called Yield. So this is probably like some sort of reference to that. So I look into it and give way is what yield signs say in uh, like New Zealand and Australia. They just say give way. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. So basically the story behind this, this was a a live recording of a show they did in uh, 1998, I think. And their plan was they were like they had like a, a pre-order promotion thing. If you like pre-ordered and bought their new album at Best Buy, they were going to give you this recording, this live recording of this uh, show. And so they made like 50,000 whatever CDs. And I don't know how it got this far without the record company or like the label, like knowing about it. 
but I guess like the label or like the attorneys, like somebody found out about it and they were like, no, like we don't approve of you. You can't just give this away. Like this is this, you know, you can't do we this. We own it. <laughs> right. So basically they had to cancel it. Best Buy lost a lot of money. They, they had to like, instead of giving ever, that away, you could choose like any CD 15 bucks or under and they gave it to you for free. And, uh, all the copies that they made had to be returned to Sony or whoever, like the the uh, you know the producer was, and they were destroyed. And a handful were kept, you know, like when things are supposed to be destroyed, and they're floating around and they're very expensive, you know, kind of bootleg like rumor copies. So that was one of the that was the album that was coming out today, uh, uh, Pearl Jam's Giveaway. So uh, I was like, well, that's pretty cool. So I listened to uh, some of the track list for the past few days. And I was like, man, these are some really good songs that I was that weren't really on my radar because they're like maybe a little bit later in their discography that I wasn't like super aware of. So basically, long so that's that's the setup for Record Store Day. So normally, I'll go to my local record shop. I'll show up like 20, 30 minutes before they open, kind of go in, pick the stuff out you want, and then you peace out. Like as long as you're there, like when they open, you usually can get the stuff. So I show up there this morning, like 20 minutes before they open. There's like a hundred people waiting outside. And I was <laughs> like, oh no. And I texted like my wife and my friends who like are into records. And they were like, don't, don't worry. Like there's a lot of Swifties out here, like just looking for Taylor's record. <laughs> and then like, you know, like everything else. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're probably right. And also record store day the website will tell you how many of each they're making. So you can tell, oh, that they're making 80,000 of these. It's not gonna be a problem. Whereas others, it's like, oh, they're making, you know, 2000 or 7500 and it's like oh you know I better make sure I get there early so um so basically we wait in line this whole time I talk to some really cool people kind of like in, in line getting up there we get to the front of the line and some guy walks out and he's like oh like they're out of Taylor in case anyone was like looking for that bunch of people leave the line I stay there because I'm looking for other stuff as well so I get in they do not have the Pearl Jam record they did have the Our Lady piece and I also picked up uh uh for a couple friends of mine, uh, are you guys familiar with Bluey? Oh yes, yeah. the kids show. Yup, my kids. So love it. we watch it too. We love it. It's super sweet. It's awesome. And I never really realized how great the music is until I realized there was a record there. So my friends, uh, who I was looking for stuff for them, they were like, "Oh, like we really want that Bluey record." So I got it for them, and it's it's a strict limit of one per everything per person. So then, since they didn't have Taylor. I drove to the mall where we have a, uh, a record store, Newberry Comics, uh, in our local mall. And as I was talking to her, I was like, dude, there's a Bluey record. And she was like, oh, see if you can get that for the kids. So I get to the mall. They they didn't open for like another 40 minutes. I wait in line there. And they have a ton of Taylor. So everybody gets Taylor. And so I got my Taylor. I got my Bluey record. Uh, they had Pearl Jam there, but my friends had like already like grabbed the record for me. So like I, was, I, I left it there. Uh, so anyway, long story short, we got our Taylor album for my wife. We got the Bluey record. We got Pearl Jam I haven't collected yet, but it's waiting for me. And I got the uh, the Our Lady Peace record. Uh, but one thing that really stood out to me that I thought was just so cool is all these uh, Taylor Swift fans, like, getting their record. And, like, they were celebrating, like... NFL players scoring a touchdown. They could not contain their excitement. They were like goose stepping and high fiving and dancing. And it's it's just a record, right? And it's like it's it's a record that's already been released. This is like 
I can't remember. It's like acoustic sessions or like a different version or, you know, just kind of like a, like a, like a raw version of it or whatever, but it was just really, really cool. It's always really, really cool. I know like the, you know, people kind of like shake their head and they're like, Oh, you get up early, you go wait in line for a while. And I'm like, yeah, but it's just, it's just a celebration of music. It doesn't feel cash grabby. It feels like a bunch of people who like, like all different kinds of music, all kind of, you know, going and getting some new records. And I just thought it was really cool with the Taylor fans, uh, kind of like accentuating that point uh, towards the end of it. So <laughs> can, I, can uh, I ask a question? Cause I've never participated yeah, in this. Sure. Can you get CD copies of that stuff too? Or is it just vinyl? Uh, it's a good question. There are CD releases. There are cassette tape releases. Uh, since they're not really on my radar, I don't pay too much attention to it. But when you go to recordstoreday.com and there's like a big banner, it's like, oh, click here to view the list. And you can view a web version or a PDF version. And it's really cool. The web version is great because you can just search it super quick and it narrows it down. So on many of them, uh, it'll say right on the um, uh, it'll say right on all of them. Uh, you know, is this a first time release? Is it a record store, you know, like exclusive? Is it, you know, how many copies are there? It will also say uh, future format releases. So it'll say right on there, this will be widely released later in the year. Like maybe like, you know, different cult. Like, so maybe the record store day one might be a certain color and then the future one will be black. But uh, when they didn't have, when the Pearl Jam one wasn't immediately available, a guy behind me in line, he like checked the website and he was like, Oh, like it is coming out on CD, like, you know, in a few months. So at least like there is that. So, so yeah, many of them are released as CDs and uh, cassettes as well, which cassettes have kind of taken a bump in popularity recently as well. You know, that what's the weird part is I'm thinking more about buying more CDs cause it's not going to be too long before that's going to resurge as well. <laughs> yeah yeah what well, no i was talking to some people about um there's some smashing pumpkins uh records that are not available on streaming and they're not available uh on vinyl yet and the the cds haven't been produced in a long time so there are like smashing uh, the smashing pumpkins album zeitgeist uh don't quote me on this but i think it's like a 40 or 50 dollar like single cd just because like you can't get your hands on it so so yeah if it, it's one of those things whenever i'm at a uh at a thrift shop, like a Goodwill or Savers or something. I don't spend a ton of time looking through CDs cause I don't have the patience for it, but I'll walk by like every time and just kind of give it a scan. And if I just see, you know, a tool or an Alice in Chains or, you know, like some CD that I remember enjoying as a kid for like a buck or two, I'm like, yeah, I'll grab that, you know, just throw it on a shelf and why not? It's getting harder cause my vehicle doesn't have a optical disc player. So Mine it's more like, either. yeah. So it's like, it's really just a shelfer. Because if I'm going to listen to music at home, it's probably going to be the record. If I really like the album, I probably have the record. Um, or See, I'm really or old stream. school, though. I'll, I'll still rip CDs and then put it on my There phone. you go. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So, yeah so, the answer, so, if you, yeah, so, the answer to you, if you go to Record Store Day and just kind of look at the list um, and filter it uh, by CD, um, you'll see all of the releases that are coming to CD as well. Cool. All right, you guys that's, ready to talk about music. Super Mario? Who's this Mario Absolutely. guy? Who's this Mario guy? Uh, let's explore that question intimately <laughs> over the next several hours. Does um, <laughs> say does does he have giant like springy boot things and hang out with John Leguizamo? They're not springy. They're like. I don't know, hydraulic? What were they? It's been a while since <laughs> yeah. I've seen that. Doesn't he have a flash liquidizer? 
That's not included in the canon. We're not going to be discussing (laughs) discussing Flood at all. Uh, So our topic for today is Super Mario. I thought I'd piggyback off the uh, popularity of the movie right now and uh, go through uh, what we think of the the Big Red Man. Um, So I'd like to start with what your first exposure to Mario was. Uh, And we can keep going like Bill, Chris, myself as as our order, I think. Um, So Bill... What was your first exposure to Mario? It was definitely Super Mario Bros. on the NES. I did not know about Mario Bros. uh, before playing Super. And if I had any exposure to Donkey Kong, I did not remember it uh, at the time. Like Super Mario, in my mind... uh, was the first, you know, Mario thing to to be out there. And uh, we, we... went to like my cousins who would have the Nintendo and you know, there would always be like a whole bunch of games and that was always one that, uh, that we would kind of go back to. Uh, but yeah, that was definitely the first was, was super Mario. And when we asked my parents for the Nintendo, we were like, we just make sure that we get super Mario brothers and duck hunt. Uh, cause I knew there was like different, you know, versions floating around out there, uh, you know, of different, you know, sets or whatever. So yeah, super, and and I think that might be why super holds you know just such a a special place for me is just you know possibly being that first exposure on the Nintendo. Totally. So how about you, Chris? Same same exposure, or do you find no, something older, a little earlier? than dirt, man. So <laughs> for me, it's Donkey Kong in the arcade. Nice. So yes. Yeah, oh, they're gonna say Donkey, Donkey Kong. Kong. Gah. No, God. No. <laughs> Uh, nope, good old Donkey Kong. And Donkey Kong was such a big thing. Like, I know you youngsters won't believe this, but like, I had like a, a Donkey Kong activity book. I had a Donkey Kong board game. I ate Donkey Kong cereal. So, I mean, you know, Donkey that Kong. That sounds was horrendous. What's that? The cereal, that sounds horrendous. Yeah, no, it was. It's like Captain Crunch. Basically, what mm. Donkey Kong cereal was like. Pac-Man was like... Uh, Pac-Man cereal was essentially like Lucky Charms, but Donkey Kong cereal was uh, Captain Crunch. So, <laughs> there you go. Gross. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, you guys, I'm sure you guys had the Nintendo cereal system, right? You guys ate that. No. no. What? I was late to the NES. Like, I don't know if that was even still in the market. I don't even know if that was a thing in Canada, honestly. I never, I like, don't remember seeing it. The box had two different cereals in it. There was like a Mario cereal and a Zelda cereal. And the- I've seen them like online since then, but yeah, I've never seen one uh, back in the day. As a kid, like every popular thing had a cereal. So uh, yeah, no, Donkey Kong, uh, the original game, played it a lot in the arcade, never any good at it, but uh, yep, straight from the beginning. Nice. Um, I'm with with Bill. Um, I didn't even know he existed. Um, when I told my parents I wanted a Nintendo, I saw my cousin playing Mega Man 2, probably. And I said, we need a Nintendo. And then so we obviously got the one with uh, Mario Bros. and Duck Hunt. And we got hooked on that Super Mario Bros. Like the whole family would bust that out every weekend and try and save the princess. Um, so that was also my first exposure. Uh, did you guys both 
followed the character after that point or did it take a while like after donkey kong did you go to mario bros and some of the other spin-off yeah. stuff or did you go uh yeah oh sure yeah we had donkey kong jr right so mario's mm-hmm. now the bad guy and then you had mario bros where now you're uh really killing your friend instead of playing the game <laughs> you're supposed to be playing mm-hmm. yeah so i don't how I, yeah i was gonna say how long was it before if ever um where you like kept picking up or in the arcade version just going to play them um before you kind of dropped off like picking up every new mario game or playing every new mario game that came out oh trying to think what killed it for me (laughs) uh was it sunshine sunshine mostly although i did i did get (laughs) galaxy more to play with the kids I didn't. That's probably the last Mario game I've seriously played, though. Was Galaxy the first Galaxy? Yes. I, I didn't pick up the second one because my kids weren't that thrilled. Uh, my kids love, um, you know, the one for the Switch, but I haven't really mm-hmm. played that at all. And um, you know, they played like the 3D World ones and some of that, and you know, they love those as well. I'll play a little bit with them sometimes just to kind of tag along but yeah that's, that's pretty like um i mean like new super mario brothers Wii. i, I played that one so i don't know mm-hmm. where that falls in that timeline but right around there's kind of when i stopped playing them all how about you bill yeah so i've told the story before that my mom was not a fan that the super did not play the og nintendo games <laughs> so switched us to a uh a sega house so we did not have a Super Nintendo. So I, uh, we played Mario One, we played Mario Two, uh, like everything else, for the first time at my cousin's house. Uh, obviously, much different, but we didn't know or care that it was, you know, the we didn't know like the background of it and like you know like what uh, what it actually was. So we played a ton of Mario Two, loved it. Um, Mario Three was an enormous. Uh, deal for me. I remember like that, like it was like right around the time where I was uh, uh, getting my uh, like first communion and uh, I got like a whole bunch of money from like, you know, friends and family. And my mom was like, you can get like one thing. And I was like, I want Mario three. <laughs> and I remember it was $75. It was a wow. Toys R Us. I called them every day and I was like, you have Mario three. No, I don't have it. You have Mario three. And one day they had it and I called her and I was like, they have it. Like we have to, we have to go get it. We went and got it. Um, but yeah, Mario three was huge. So it was a big deal when we didn't get a super Nintendo that I couldn't play it. But for some reason I didn't like seek out, okay, who's got, who's got a super, whose house can I go to and play it? I just never played Mario world. And, Whoa. uh, I didn't play Mario world until years later when I was old enough to get a job and, uh, you know, buy myself a super Nintendo and get some of the old games from Funko land. But uh, I did have a 64, and I did play some Mario 64, but I wasn't, like, as into 64 as I was when I was playing, like, 1, 2, and 3. So it wasn't until Galaxy that... Uh, or, sorry, I should... I did I did play and enjoy... I know it's a sin, but I did play and enjoy Mario Sunshine. Uh, but it as wasn't until... Ga- yeah, it, it wasn't until Galaxy when it, it, like, Mario brought me back into, like... I was in this weird rut where I was nothing against people who are achievement hunters and like grinders and like love that stuff, but it's all I cared about. And I would, I was just playing for achievements. And 
Mario Galaxy came out and I grabbed it and it like brought me back to like playing a game because the game was great and I just loved playing the game and having fun and enjoying it. I didn't care what the achievement was. So that's really what brought me back. Uh, so I, I had like a little little bit of a break there. But uh, but yeah, it was it was everything up until Mario World when we kind of took like a little, you know, little hiatus. Can, can we talk about that parent logic where mm, we won't buy you this because it won't play your old games. So we'll go buy you this other things that also won't play your old games. Yeah, but we uh, but they weren't directly affected by you know master system games not working. It's like when someone would come into Best Buy and be like, oh, you know, like I had this you know like Sharp TV and it died. I'm never buying a Sharp TV again. I'm buying a TV from this other company. And it's like, yeah, you know, TVs from every company stop working at some point, right? Like you're not you know proving any weird point by just buying another TV. You know, so, but it's like. Since that brand hadn't upset that person recently, it, it didn't matter. But yeah, <laughs> That's hilarious. I think your mom just loved the the uh, Sonic Tuesday uh, <laughs> marketing. Just got her. Yeah, she saw the like the the, the this mascot's way cooler. I want my kids to be cool. We're getting the cool console, yeah. guys. Hello, my I have, have heard attitude. that Sega does what Nintendo <laughs> don't, and I thought that was just so clever. <laughs> Um, so I carried on with them from Super Mario Bros. And I went backwards after that, too. Like, our neighbors had a Atari, so I played the Donkey Kongs on the Atari. And, oh, and God. And stuff like that. that was my first... Like, we loved them back then. Like, we hey, didn't I had that game on Atari, so. too, back in the day. It's yeah. terrible, but I played a lot of it. Yeah, played a lot of it. Played a lot of Donkey Kong Jr. on the Atari. Never knew better versions of those existed at the time, so <laughs> I was happy with them. Um, I carried on through Super Nintendo, um, N64. I, I don't remember why, but I definitely did not pick up Sunshine right away. Mm. I did like, you know, Smash Brothers and some of the other stuff, uh, and didn't come back to that one until later. Mm. And I don't like, I didn't play it and not like it initially. Like I just didn't play it and I don't know why. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's the first one I missed. Um, and then... I grabbed all the Wii ones, uh, like both the Galaxy games and the new Super Mario Bros. stuff. Uh, DS, I was really into those ones. Um, all the way up to the Switch, like I still bought it. And like I, I told myself, like, you know, my son's going to love this, but I, I bought it for me. He, he yeah. it with me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I loved Odyssey. It was really good. So I think yes. the next game, like I'm probably still going to get it right away. Um, and I've since gone back and played through and beaten hundred percent sunshine. So I could at least give it a chance mm-hmm. and I, yeah, not my favorite one in the series, but, uh, but I've, I've done all the main ones and found at least some joy in all of them. Uh, and I plan to keep going. I, yeah, the, I think the Mario maker ones are the only ones I haven't spent much time with. Right. Well, yeah, you mentioned spinoff. So I should say that I've played very few spinoffs i've never played like uh any of the papers i've never played any of like the mario and luigi you know whatever those ones were called like the yeah, uh, yeah they're called mario and luigi mario and luigi yeah i thought they yeah. were but I, I couldn't remember if there was like another like subtitle or something um but yeah re- uh, i think uh uh not n- not the yoshi game not the standalone yoshi game not yoshi's island wow a lot of yeah 
I'm gonna bet there's some yeah, really I the the played. the only one I think I uh, uh, Super Mario RPG I've played quite a bit of. I haven't finished it. I've gotten to. <gasps> got to like, finish it it's really good. I, I i know it's and i and every time i like get my hands on a cut like i got like the super nintendo classic and i'm like okay i'm, I'm gonna do it i'm finally gonna do it like this will be the time and i got i get up to like the point i was the last time and i'm like just something distracts me and it's i get up to the the ship like the underground where like the password is pearl and then <laughs> you know like that's that's kind of where like i i end each time so when i was a kid i got stuck at that stupid puzzle because i couldn't figure out the pearl thing and you know i couldn't look it up at the time mm-hmm. i just played in that ship for so long that when a friend finally told me the password i just like slammed through the last half of the game because <laughs> i was like 20 levels higher than i should have been it was awesome. I, I think you've told me that before and it, it gave me like uh uh hope for like okay well like you know let's just let's just bang through it so i, I throw, do have throw to it on your point. steam deck then you'll play yeah yeah, no, no reason I can. And then that—that's part of what was uh, not so easy, but it was part of what was uh, allowed me to get through Final Fantasy VI quicker than I probably would have otherwise, because I could just pop it open, grind for you know any five ten that I had here or there. So yeah. um, I, I will end up doing it. But yeah, it's just to answer the spinoff question. Really, very, very, very few spinoffs. It's always been kind of mainline, and then like the main. If it makes sense, mainline spinoffs like Mario Kart and like you know, kind of mm-hmm. like those big major type releases. I imagine because there's probably even Mario games that you haven't played out there. Oh yeah, there's a handful of them, but I, I do tend to pick up a lot of them. I, I enjoy Mario in his many different forms. Mm. Have, you, have you been to Hotel Mario or? I have a copy. Haven't played it yet. Mar- That's still on the to- like playlist. The weird Japanese stuff like uh, Mario and Wario or. No, Japanese exclusives I haven't touched. I have played Mario Teaches Typing. Does that count? Okay. There you go. Have you like found him in time and, and everything? <laughs> oh, yeah. that's Yeah, I've beaten that one. <laughs> beaten it. Found him in time. Uh, I've uh, found Man, him when you... he's missing, when his, his brother was looking for him. <laughs> Man, when you do, I didn't even realize, when you do a, the that Wikipedia search, like list of games featuring Mario, oh, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. there's even weird things like mario's picross and i mean there's yeah, all right. kinds of stuff and then to be fair there are a bunch of games where like it's just his likeness and then nothing to do like you know like tennis oh, yeah. and like you know yeah it's like pinball and, and punch yeah. outs and golf wrecking yeah. crew like he was so in t- everything on the nes yeah so once you get to stuff that's actually you would consider like a mario or a mario spinoff it's not like as many but i'm just looking through some of these like yeah like none of the you know, none of the missing time machines, Safari, like none of that stuff. It's for me. It's always been kind of mainline stuff. Wait, and even what about be, you, Chris? There's even a few things in there that you could say are would be really hard, like like the Game and Watches, like the Cement Factory, and everything. I mean, not easy yeah. to reach yeah. out and play. But uh, as far as like the spinoff stuff goes, is that what we're talking about? Yeah. What's What's your experience with the spinoffs, and do you have a have a favorite? spin-off version of mario i'll be honest mm. i've not probably played a lot besides like mario kart it's probably like the biggest one but no i haven't really played like the strikers or the mm. the olympics or the you know no not really haven't done much of any of that right. i thought you guys would R- dabble a little more i played super mario rpg but none of the other ones yeah uh, none of the like right. i think i have paper mario for the n64 but i've never played it oh they're good yeah 
I remember, yeah, I remember grabbing Mario Party for the 64, thinking like, oh, this is this is going to be full of party games, going to be great. And then like maybe it was just the mode I played, where it was like the board game mode. And I was like, I I just wanted it to be like Fusion Frenzy, where it's like, okay, just give me like mini game after mini game after mini game, like and nothing else. So you played Fusion Frenzy before you played a Mario Party. Because uh, Mario Party was out quite significantly yeah. earlier than Fusion uh, Frenzy. I mean, I'm sure I was super late to the Mario Party. Uh, but but yeah, I'd, and if it's not Fusion Frenzy, I might be thinking of like a different you know collection of mini games. But no, I you're just remember of firing friendly. up Frenzy. Okay, yeah, I just remember firing up Mario Party and being like, oh, this is like a board game, and then like I eventually can maybe play a mini game. Like when like years later when I played like WarioWare. I was like, this is what I wanted Mario Party to be. <laughs> just like one after the other. Like, this is great. And it's silly and it's goofy and it's it, and it's awesome. But but yeah, I'm looking through like as far as like favorite spinoff. Uh it's probably I mean, ugh. I it's it, it feels like cheating saying Super Mario RPG, but there's just so That's few. That's not of cheating, the, yeah. It's just so it's few. A, you could say other. Mario Kart, you can say RPG. There's no cheating. Yeah. I would say Mario Kart's my favorite spinoff for sure. I'm 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 not fantastic at it, but I still like playing Mario Kart when it comes out. Sure, that's the best thing about it. You don't have to be fantastic to enjoy that game. Yeah, yeah. it's just fun. That's I've I've said that for years about Street Fighter. Like I love it. I'm not great at it. I just love playing sure. it. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, unless you're going to a big time competition, if you're just playing against friends, yeah, you're just pushing buttons and having fun. Yep. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm I'm honestly surprised. I was just a thought because there's so many of them. More of them would have seeped into both of your uh, your gaming over time. I just like a lot of the things I think of. Like, uh, like okay, Mario Strikers. I don't like sports. I'm not gonna play that. Yeah. Um, the, that's the best thing about those games. They're for people that don't like sports, like me, because I despise most of these sports and i've played all of these sports games and or some like, of them are super fun like whatever the mario ddr well i just i don't like ddr so i'm not gonna play that so you know it's just there's yeah. tons of that stuff it's like i just don't yeah. like that kind of thing so why would i play this one yeah and there were some that like i've seen that i'm like oh i wonder if i'd like that because i love like i don't like tennis but i love virtua tennis so I've thought like, ooh, maybe I'll give a Mario Tennis a try at some point. I've never played one. And same thing with like, uh, I keep thinking like, oh, maybe they'll make like a Mario Hockey, but like no such luck. Um, it's on the Mario Sports Mix. There's hockey. Oh, Sports Mix? Okay. Mario. Yeah, for the week. I, th- I, th- I thought you were going to say Olympics maybe because I didn't know if there was a There, there are some of the Olympics okay. uh, that do have hockey as well, but I think okay. you'd like the Sports Mix one more. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. I've I've played so many of these games we've been talking about. Um, <laughs> the RPGs, like me. I've I've done most of the papers. I've yeah. done. I actually need to do the Mario and Luigi ones. I haven't done any of those. Okay. Um, they're high on my to playlist. Uh, sports like man, golf and tennis. I've put so much time into those games. Specifically, Mario Golf on the GameCube. Uh, when it launched, there was this mode where you would go to the, the Nintendo website and they'd give you a code. It was like this ridiculous, like 20 plus digit code. Punch it into your game and it would like lock in the settings. So it's like you're playing course two, holes one through nine. Uh, here's the the wind's always going to be this. Here's the clubs you have access to. And it was like a tournament. So you finish that mode and then you'd get another code that you would take back to the website to punch in and you could get your rankings against other players. And I was like ranked 18th 
um, out of everybody who's doing this thing. Um, and I kept trying to like grind one more stroke out of my game and I couldn't do it. Um, but yeah, I played a ridiculous amount of the golf. Uh, Mario Party, like when that first came out, we were so excited. <laughs> and we went on a school uh, trip for band and I snuck my N64 into the luggage and we stayed up until like four in the morning playing Mario Party in our hotel room. <laughs> when we had to perform at like six in the morning the next day oh. and we just, we bombed hard. Cause like <laughs> there was like six or seven of us that hadn't slept. So it was like the whole woodwind section just sucked that morning. <laughs> uh, but, but fun memories. Um, when I first started doing night shifts, I was like, I need something to like keep me awake. Um, so I bought myself a couple new DS games and one of them was, uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong March of the Minis. And it's kind of like a lemming style game where you've got these little wind up Marios that are your lemmings and you're like trying to direct them through the end of the stage to all these traps and puzzles and things. Uh, Those games are awesome. They're Mm. super fun. Super, super fun. Um, All the carts I've I've played, I enjoy most of them very much. The the newest ones, hard to beat. It's so good. yeah, it's it's hard to pick just one, but I I really do enjoy many of the Mario spin-offs. My daughter loves uh the Mario and Sonic at the Olympics, so we we bust that mm. out uh every month pretty much uh, to play a little bit at least. And they're they're silly. They're they're getting sillier too cuz they used to be like strictly like you're just you're skiing and you're swimming and you're just doing the Olympic sports. And now it's like, here's the dream version of that. And it's like, you're flying through space because you jumped off the trampoline so hard. And like, <laughs> they're getting they're getting silly now. So that's kind of getting more fun for me. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Chris kind of alluded to this earlier when he was talking about like cereal. But I was curious, when you guys were kids, was there other forms of mario media that you interacted with that beyond just the games oh oh yeah and i i will tell you uh we did not have the cereal here so i I don't have any recollection of that my my house was a pretty anti-sugar cereal zone like when we went on vacation we could each choose like one box of quote-unquote sugar cereal uh but the rest of the time it was like you know plain cheerios or kicks or you know like something you know like not uh you know like marshmallowy or, or we would go to like sleepovers and i was like you guys have cookie crisp like what's that like <laughs> um so no cereal for us but uh we were big big fans of the super mario brothers super show uh that was probably the most like away from game mario media that we consumed uh obviously nintendo power we would read and they would have like, you know, like little comic strips and like kind of like, you know, Mario stuff kind of like hidden in there. So we definitely were into that stuff as well. And probably some player's guides. We would look to, you know, for like little like extra, you know, like anything because we love the characters. We love the story, you know, as as simple as it is, you know, like Mario trying to save the princess and everything in the Mushroom Kingdom. But yeah, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Um, I remember that being like. We, we would like run into the house off the bus because we wanted to make sure that we like, you know, didn't miss it. And then every once in a while we'd get a Zelda episode thrown in there. Like I want to say they were on Fridays or maybe they just, I remember them falling that way. But uh, yeah, I would say the, the super show was our biggest, like away from games, Mario uh, media consumption. That makes sense. What you, Chris? Yeah. I mean, that's like, there wasn't a lot of, that 
surprisingly, um, at the time when I was probably that target age, um, but that the Super Mario show, I was a little too old for that, but my sister was that right age, but I was still at home. So it was on a lot and she would watch it. So a lot of times I would watch it and, you know, I still, even though it was quote unquote too old for that, I still got a kick out of watching the show, <laughs> but you wouldn't say that. I like, oh, it's not cool. Um, cause I was a teenager, but, but you, know, you know, and you know what I remember was so cool about the show is like. Because when you're, you know, when you're a kid and like, you know, or, or even just recently seeing the the new Super Mario Bros. movie, like the the one from 2023, whenever there was like a sound effect from the game, the kids like lost their minds. Like, oh, that's like, you know, like when you jump on the Koopa shell or like that's the Goomba squish or whatever. I remember there being so many sound effects and music uh, numbers from the games within the show oh, yeah, did, like did. you'd hear like the lava music when things would get tense or you know like a- any little thing and i just remember hearing those sounds and being like so excited like oh i know that like i know what that is like it's it's familiar <laughs> from the game so but yeah i remember being super excited for the bob hoskins john leguizamo movie and it just kind of you know it was what it was it, it yeah. fell apart and but uh, so yeah, I, I, I want to the theater s- and watching that. It was pretty terrible. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> saw that in the theater. We were excited, and I don't know. It was weirdly marketed. Like the cover of the movie is still like super dark and industrial, and like it's, <laughs> it looks like a Nine Inch Nails music video. Like a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. But uh, but yeah, so I remember being really excited for that. Didn't really come through on the prom. I I still am like surprised that that got made the way that it did. I loved that movie when I was a kid. I had it on VHS and watched it a million times. Interesting. Like I would get stuck. I mean, I stuck quote unquote having to take my sister because I was old enough and I could drive Mm -hmm. and stuff. So I to to see movies. And so my mom would give us some money and I was like, so like I would take her to these, like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and all Mm -hmm. this other stuff too. So that's how I got to see them. Because, again, I was mm-hmm. a little outside of that age demographic. But I'd still watch them because... Never too was... old for the Ninja Turtles movie. So, well, yeah, it was too old for that, the That first one's it. pretty dark. The uh, two and yeah. three, maybe. maybe. But going back to the, the Super Show, what I always got from that was because my sister, you know, is younger than me. So she was just watch like, the cartoons and that sort of... But I would recognize, like, the guests and things that would come on. She's oblivious. Like, she doesn't know who these people are or whatever. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know. Um, So I always remember that. I would pay more attention sometimes to the guests that would be on uh, than the cartoony bits. But, yeah. that Like, when I was in that prime age, I mean, there really wasn't... I mean, there was, like... um, there were cartoons about video games on, but they were like, there was like this show like Kid Video, but it was like very generic, right? It wasn't mm-hmm. like any specific video game character or anything. It was just like, there was, um, there was like a Pac-Man cartoon I watched as a kid. But again, like these are <laughs> things that are really like pre-Mario blowing up. You know what I mean? All right. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, other than the movie, which I loved and watched many times, um, I had a comic book that probably came out around Mario three, I think. And it was thick, like over an inch thick, uh, hardcover. And I read that thing cover to cover. Every time we went on a road trip that I brought that to like, just read in the car, uh, read it before bed every night. 
I used to try and draw the characters from it all the time, like especially toads and like shy guys and stuff. Um, so that book, I, I loved it so much. And then I mm-hmm. gave it to my brother who was quite a bit younger than me. And when he, he gave me a bunch of stuff back after he moved out, um, like a little small Lego and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he had my book still, but he had like ripped both the covers off. And I remember being so mad at him. Like I was a grown, <laughs> I was a grown adult at this point and I was so upset <laughs> He had wrecked my book, and he was probably, you know, 10 when he did it. Um, but, yeah, that book meant a lot to me, so it was sad to see it all in tatters at that point. So all this stuff you, hit. You just, you, yeah. I was going to say, these things hit, like, at strange times, but because, like, really being into the NES and playing games, and then, like, Mario 3 had come out, and, like, me and my friends were really, like, rented it and stayed up late playing i remember just the weird thing because that game came out we rented it and that night there's a factory that's not too far from my house when i was growing up and it burned down that night so we're like up in the middle of the night playing that game and then like this factory's burning down so we all go out and watch like this factory burn but um, <laughs> like you could see it from the house it was really weird but uh it's just that time it hit because like that hit i was playing that stuff and then not too long ago, it was like, not to be awkward, but like suddenly, oh, girls. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then like, oh, that stuff kind of slid to the side for a little while. Not that I would stop playing video games, but it wasn't as big of a deal. It was like, oh, you know, hey, girls. And uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, like, like I said, a lot of that stuff was kind of in that weird time where I'd, I'd absorb some of it more through my sister and some of that stuff than I would otherwise. Sure. Yeah, I was a little younger than you guys, so some of this stuff was definitely targeted to 8 to 10-year-old me. <laughs> um, do you remember the Choose Your Own Adventure series of Super Mario books? I did not know that was a thing. No, I don't remember. No, there's at least a couple dozen of them, I think. I did not know. Um, I used to read those religiously, too, um, where I would, you know... I'd, Luigi got sucked down the warp pipe and it's like, which pipe do you want to go down? There's three and they all take you to a different page in the book. And one of them's going to drop you into spikes and one of them's going <laughs> to give you a mushroom you can use later in the story if you have it. And the other one's going to be a dead end. Try again kind of thing. So those like those kind of books that you can order at the school book club kind of thing. Yeah. I think that's where I got most of them was through those like scholastic book orders. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Where I still all five literature comes from. Absolutely. Um, yeah I had I don't know 10 or more of those things back in the day I used to read them all the time my mom would hate them because like what do you want to read a bedtime it's like go and do the Mario book and try and and remember the decisions I made last time so she's reading the same thing we read last night up to a point and then it's like okay now we're going to take this this route instead of the one we took last night because we died did you keep the books or no I've got two of them still okay have you tried doing it with your kids I haven't. I'm just right now while I'm talking about them, I'm like, I should see if my daughter would be interested. Yeah, in that. she might. Be fun. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I might try that tonight or tomorrow. See how it goes. Uh, speaking of daughter, um, do you guys feel like your kids um, have had that same kind of attachment that you had to Mario when you were kids, or is it very different? Uh, I've thought about it a lot because when we when we you know first when our when our kids were kind of first old enough to start playing games, I kind of had the, the same thing when they were for old enough to like kind of like start watching cartoons. I always thought like 
I'll show them the stuff that I played like at the same age and kind of see like if it, if they take to it. So like I had all these plans of like, oh, I'm going to show them like DuckTales and Gargoyles and X-Men and, you know, just all these things that I liked you know, when I was younger. And you show it to them and it's like you can show it to them like they're, you know, they, they may not care at all about it. And that's yeah. kind of what happened. Like you showed them and they're like, yeah, you know, they don't care. And then like they like Thomas the Tank. And it's like, OK, they like Thomas. That's what we're watching. Right. So I kind of had that was already done. And then so they get a little bit older and I was like, yeah, the NES classic. I was like, this is like the same kind of games we had when I was growing up. And I remember giving my oldest the NES controller and the very first time he like held a controller playing Mario one, he jumped over the first Goomba and I, I like yelled out loud. I was like, yeah. And then I think he might've actually like jumped over the first pit too. before he died, because the, the joke in my house was like, my parents never play games. So we handed my dad the controller and we're like, all right, dad, like, here's what you do. Like you, this button jumps, this button, you know, does this. And he like walked himself into the first Goomba and uh forever he was just like yeah i can't i can't make it past the first guy in mario (laughs) and uh and then we we jumped past like the guys for him but then he fell in the first pit so i i i i kind of thought like okay like maybe they'll take to mario type deal and they there are mario games that they really like um like they both love odyssey absolutely love odyssey and like i'll still catch my middle guy playing it like oh look look and he likes to get as many moons as he can before he cashes them in because he wants to see the number like jump so oh, yeah i did that so, too. <laughs> so he'll just do like you know over and over and i'm like how many moons do you got and he's like well the balloon says this many but i actually have <laughs> you know like 30 more or whatever so um but yeah i don't know and then um uh, my oldest, more so than my middle guy, loves Mario Kart, and every like every really pretty often he'll be like, "Oh, can we? Can the whole family play, play Mario Kart Eight Deluxe?" And he always says Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, like he has to say like the entire name. So yeah, there are definitely Mario games. Those, that those they, marketing firms know how to get him I, exactly. Yeah, and and then he always says, "Brought to you by Nintendo." <laughs> So there are definitely games that they're attached to and, and that they love, and I think that that's why when I'm like, oh, hey, guys, like, they're, you know, Mario Odyssey 2, they're working on it, and they're like, oh, that's awesome. So I, but I think about them, like, you know, is it because, you know, they're actually attached to the character, or is it because they've played, like, a bunch of Mario games that they've all really enjoyed? Because I don't know when they first started playing games and when they first started kind of really getting attached to them. I don't know if they were really super into Mario game. Like I was into Mario games first before anything else. And I think they were into other things first. And then once they kind of got into games, they started realizing, Oh, these Mario games are really good. So that'd be an interesting conversation uh, uh, to have with them is like, you know, and I I do, we'll be driving and I'll be like, what game are you more excited for than anything else? And, you know, one might say, oh, you know, Tears of the Kingdom and Callahan loves Kirby. So he's like, the game I'm most excited about is the game that I just got for my birthday, that Kirby's uh, uh, whatever Kirby game you just got. And I'm like, oh, have you finished it? And he's like, I thought I did. I thought there were only five areas, but I just beat the fifth area. And now I'm in another area. And I'm like, what's like the next game you're excited about? He's like, I don't know. Like, is there another Kirby game? So uh <laughs> I don't know. I, I, so they are, they do seem to be attached to characters. Like, you know, they, they love what they love, but yeah, I don't know if they're drawn to it. 
like I said, because they have so much experience or because, you know, they've been playing Mario games for a while or just because they've liked a whole bunch of Mario games. So they're kind of like willing to give the next one a try. But uh, it's definitely way different than with me, like I said, because we just kind of, you know, Mario came in at different times and I think means something different to, to me than it does to them. Mm-hmm. For my kids, um, you know, with their ages, like the Wii U was really where they found Mario and started mm-hmm. playing. So uh, a lot of um, like 3D World and um, I know it's not technically Mario, but like Yoshi, Yoshi's Bully World. Um, mm-hmm. So that's those are really where my kids started playing those kind of things, and um, and I'll, they went on to play Odyssey, and and they love that, and they, um, yeah, now that's kind of where they're at. I I got them like the collection for the Switch that had the older like you know Mario sixty four and Sunshine and right. Galaxy, and they played them for a little bit, but really you know put a lot of time into them didn't really stick they'll just keep going back to playing like odyssey or 3d world so uh, i think they'll keep wanting to play the newer ones you know whenever they come out but um that's kind of where they're at they and they're, they're kids they'll just keep going playing the same game over and over and over again so yeah you know so to both of you do they like have like mario t-shirts or like backpacks or like any kind of merch or is it just like yep. that's not a thing they're into outside of the game no. Uh, t- t-shirts yeah like we'll go you know whether it's back to school shopping or like whatever season we're doing and and you know we like them to kind of be involved with you know picking their their clothes out and everything so we'll go to wherever the t-shirt you know and we're like all right you know pick something and uh you know they'll we'll usually get some minecraft in there there's you know a good amount of mario licensed shirts so like uh, my oldest has like the periodic table of Mario shirt that he will, that he, that he has like that, that blue one with like all the you know different things on it. And that's kind of how we tell kind of what my, they're into. My, my son's friend has that shirt and it yeah. drives me nuts. Cause there's two mistakes on it. Every oh, time really? he wears it, I'm like, Oh, those don't, that's not the right name for that character. Like, I'll, I'll, ha- I'll have to look, I haven't really looked super close. I'll have to, I'll have to look and see if I can spot them for you. See if I pass the test, <laughs> the, the litmus. <laughs> But, um, I mean, I, I, it's, 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 you know, we probably got it at target, so it's, I'm sure it's super mass produced, but, um, it's, um, uh, the way we tell kind of what they're into, uh, they'll pick their outfits like every day. So we're like, all right, dude, like go pick your clothes. And like the, like just how frequently the Mario shirts come out or like, you know, like, uh, and, and that's kind of how we, we do conversation starters. Cause like maybe one week, my middle guy will do like all dinosaur related things and it's like he just sees it and in his brain like yeah dinosaurs um but yeah they 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 got mario shirts they have mario um possibly you know how undies are there's all sorts of stuff in that (laughs) drawer so i'm sure there's mario underpants in there but and we do have um at at pax one year i i came home with a couple of hats for the kids one was a kingdom hearts hat and the other was like that red m mario hat and same thing, like, all right, bud, like, it's going to be sunny out today. Go grab a hat. Like, he'll go grab, like, the red Mario hat, like, almost all of the time. Either that or he has a Minecraft, like, um, what do you call it? The Creeper. He has a Creeper hat that he likes yeah. a lot, too. So, yeah, there's definitely some some Mario merch uh, mixed in there. What yeah. you, Chris? I, I've, I've got girls. They don't really. It's not a thing. Princess Peach jacket? <laughs> no, no. There's no. They oh. don't really. Honestly, they don't really wear any kind of merchy stuff. 
So, uh, although my middle kid's getting old enough now where there are some band tees that are starting to make it into the mix, but for the most part, now they're not really anything that's product related. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, mine when, when, are when I when I was a kid when I was a kid, lunch boxes were enormous. Uh, <laughs> like it's it's like like we already we have like the you know the thermos and the you know whatever like the insulated zip up bag that my wife has. It's very generic. But like, man, like I had different lunchboxes. I had like, you know, all over the place. Okay, it's gonna be Transformers today, or it's gonna be this today. So, uh, like, growing up, there was a bunch of Mario merch that I I remember having. But yeah, the kids, uh, it's pretty much clothes. You know, is, mm-hmm. is what they're is what they got. Uh, mine are. They both like went through a phase where they played a lot of Mario. Like my son. Um, his first game was Super Mario Bros. And then we, like he, he liked it because it was a game, but it wasn't he wasn't into the world and the characters and stuff. We moved on to other things pretty quick. Uh, but when Mario Maker came out, he got obsessive with that one for a bit because of all the creative stuff he could do in it, which he really likes. So for like good four or five months, I would come home from work and he would be like, look at this new stage I made. And, you know, take, <laughs> take three steps and like 50 Bowsers would fall on my head. Um, they were terrible, terrible stages, but uh, he was always happy to show them to me. My, so it's my uh, uh, Chris, who we used to run the um, uh, the expo with. He uh, would tell me stories about how his son, who's a little bit older uh, than than mine were at the time, would make these levels for him. And he had an issue with that where it would just be like impossible uh, to complete. And it yeah. was just so your kid could hand you the controller and just laugh maniacally when like, what do you call it? Like, the enormous bullets would just like, be <laughs> yeah. like 15 of them. And you're like, buddy, come on. And they're just laughing. So Chris's rule was like, you can't give me a level to do until you've completed it. So like now that was, so that was our rule for a while. And uh, we, there were some good ones in there, but really they, they're just, you know, doing it to mess around and have fun. That was yeah. one that I really thought there was a possibility that I would get into it. Um, but it's just, it never grabbed me the way that I, you know, kind of thought that it would, but the kids loved like of all the games they had, you know, if we would like jump in the car or something and go to, you know, for just gotta be away for a few hours. Like, all right, like you can bring one game. What do you want it to be? Like no hesitation. They were like Mario maker two. So like all the time they, they love it. I, I never put that rule in with my son cause he just had so much joy killing me. Uh, but he, <laughs> he did make some levels that. I'd get far enough. I'm like, oh, maybe this one is doable. Mm. And then I would sit there for like two hours until I beat this one level. And then like, ha, awesome. now you can upload it because we beat it. There you go. And, and then he'd be really excited about that because we could upload it. So it kind of worked for both of us. Uh, and my daughter was kind of like uh, Chris's where uh, Yoshi was like our, our big intro there. And she loves the the newer Yoshi games. Uh, mm. We did Bully World. We did Crafted World. Uh, and they're really good for new players because you yes. can die as many times as you want. You can, when you're a parent or just a more skilled player playing with them, you can like eat them to like help them over tricky jumps and stuff and then spit them yeah. out so they can keep going at the next area. So those are great. Um, yeah. And I think nowadays, like the, I think my son might have a pair of socks that are like Mario, but not a lot of merch stuff. Uh, but they both really like the... Uh, kind of like mickey mouse like we don't have anything mickey mouse in our house but they just like the characters and stuff mm-hmm. so when something pops up on the tv related to mario they're like oh let's you know we can sit down and watch this for 
10 minutes or whatever it's going to be. So they like the characters in the world, but yeah, they're not like me. They're not drawing them and, uh, you know, buying books and, and getting kind of obsessive with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2d versus 3d Mario's, do you guys have a preference between the two? I do, but it's changed over time. So obviously early on, it was only 2d and then the, uh, the 3d with uh, 64 happened. And that was, uh, you know, obviously a big change, but you know, I would, I think most people would say pretty successful and a, a good start to a, a, a good 3d run. And then they kind of went back to 2D, and I thought I'd be really excited, uh, you know, like on like the what is it, New Super Mario Brothers U, uh, especially when like kind of like a big triumph for Return to 2D, and I wasn't into it, and I f- I feel like that game was really built around that multiplayer aspect, and it was so frustrating with the collision uh, between <laughs> uh, players that I-, I couldn't get around that. You had to work, and I, I get it, like you got to work really well together, like to make sure that you're, you know. But like it didn't feel like you were playing a Mario game. Now it feels like you're slowing down and you have to plan jumps, and that's not what I wanted to do. Um, so early on, I would have said, you know, before the three whole three D thing happened, it's like, oh, how could you get better than two D Mario? And there are some bright spots even after it went to three D. Like, what was that two point five D side scrolling Mario game on the handhelds? Um, was that new? Super, was that new? Uh, or, new sorry, Super Mario. No, the there DS? was uh, maybe it was DS. Yeah. Um, or three. Oh, you're World. talking uh, 3D Land. 3D Land, yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought 3D Land was awesome, but taking that multiplayer aspect out of it, where it's just like a traditional 2D platformer that like one person uh, plays, it just felt more like a Mario game to me. So, I still think 2D can be done really well, but it's one of these rare examples where the a classic uh, game in a you know this original genre made the transition to 3d and i feel like i prefer it there now um i i love odyssey i love Gal. like i actually went back to play galaxy i was afraid because i was like man what if it's not as good as i remember <laughs> what if things have changed and i went back and i played galaxy for a little bit and it's still every bit as good um it's so great so yeah i i it was 2d and it has changed to 3d do you have a favorite in each version What's your favorite 2D? What's your favorite 3D? It's 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 hard for me to go against Mario 3 because it was such a like watershed moment for me. Um, and I know that a lot of people love love Mario Worlds. And whether it was the fact that I didn't play it kind of at its height uh, or whatever the reason is, like it never grabbed me as much as like it grabs so many other people. So like part of me really wants to say Mario 3. But then there are times where I go back to it and I'm like as innovative and like amazing as it was at the time. Like there are times where I go back to it and it feels just a little bit simple compared to some of the stuff that's come out since then. So it's 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 tough to say for for 3D. It's 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 probably got to be Odyssey with Galaxy right behind it. And I know I'm in the I think I'm in the minority in that one, too, because I think most of the people I've spoken to prefer galaxy two to one and i prefer one to two uh and there's no real reason it's just you know whether it's the the feel or whether it's like you know um going back to like that hub worlds in galaxy to me feels like a whole lot better than the face ship uh yeah i think the people that like to um just to like cut all the story and the atmosphere out of one and just give me levels um so yeah, yeah there's like 
it's the same game play in both, but it's yeah. just like a different flavor of it. Yeah, and I think my buddy was what he pointed out. He was like, I, he was like, I love one, but I love the Yoshi gameplay in two. I'm like, yeah, I like some of the Yoshi elements for sure. Some of it's good, but the ones where you just like eat the peppers and run, it's like that. That gets frustrating sometimes. Absolutely. Like, it feels like, you know, especially since, like, I get the challenge, like, you know, okay, you must run at 90 miles an hour and not make a mistake. It's like, okay, well, now I'm playing, like, you know, a weird version, like an achievement version of, like, you know, a platformer. <laughs> but, yeah, it's there was something magical. And you said, you said the right word. There was something magical about the atmosphere of the first game that I don't think the second one captures quite the same way. Um, and Odyssey is just terrific front to back so so yeah it's probably odyssey and then galaxy for 3d and 2d uh i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with my gut i'm gonna go mario 3 that's my nice. that's my big one but you chris um i'm definitely gonna go with 2d um and and kind of listening to bill i i think i would pinpoint what the why maybe and, and it's that same point that he went into is that once 2D Mario became multiplayer Mario, it got bad. Um, <laughs> and because that's what made the original Mario 2D Mario so good was that well-crafted level design and it was single player because that's the way it needed to be to have really well-designed worlds and good gameplay. And so to get this weird shoehorned multiplayer thing in, it's just the levels aren't fun. They aren't very well built. It's not a very fun world to play through. Uh, it's more about staying out of each other's way or making each other mad by throwing each other off pits or something. It's, it's not a fun experience. And if you notice that all the 3D Mario games are single player. And there's nope, a good the 3D world. 3D is world, totally yeah. I mean, I I would say that's pseudo 3D. I mean, that's not really. It's not it's in the name. 3D world. <laughs> right, but it's not what Odyssey or Mario 64 are. Sure. Or, right, it's not that. They, they those ones have a fixed camera, and you can't go anywhere. Yeah. Right, there are they are to a degree still just more isometric 2D Mario games. Right, I mean. Mm -hmm. to a degree but again it's that multiplayer thing and i just don't think it makes for very good levels the, the, just the level design is not fun and not very good in, in the 2d marios anymore and um yeah but instead i not that the 3d mario is doing anything for me so it just kind of leaves me <laughs> adrift without anything to play to be honest so i have a theory about the the 2d modern marios with the multiplayer. What's that? Uh, it's that they're not fun if you're good at 2D Mario, but they are tons of fun if you're not good at 2D Mario. <laughs> well, I don't I, want to be I've bad. Played, <laughs> I've played quite a bit of those games, and when I play them with people who don't play video games, it is the most fun thing in the world. They all laugh their asses off and have the best <laughs> time, and it gets tense, and they scream, and they fall in pits, but they're laughing the whole time. Uh, our new neighbors from Korea, uh, who had never played a video game before they moved here, we we were playing uh, New Super Mario Bros. U with them, and 
Man, they talked about it for weeks after. Like, they had so much fun. They kept calling their son Bubble Boy because he kept putting himself <laughs> in the bubble every time he got scared and someone was going to hurt him. Uh, then we'd get to tricky part and they would pass me a controller and everyone else would bubble and then they'd let me get through the tricky part and then they'd all cheer and like they just had the crazy best time um but when you have players who are very good and they are used to playing by themselves yeah bumping into another character or not getting the power up you needed or uh someone jumping on your head at the wrong time like or, even or just pausing you, though, it sometimes. Is playing any of those games all the way through in single player any fun? No. Yeah. Oh, I, I love them. I played through all of them. The, the thing I love most about them is they kind of take the Mario World um, thing where it's like replay level. Uh, you don't just beat it once and yeah. move on. Like You can go back and find those hidden coins. And then once you find all the hidden coins in every world, it opens up like the challenge worlds um, at, near the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, those are great. I, I love having reasons to go back and like search for those big coins. And sometimes they're, they're like, you got to have the little mushroom in this level, but there's no little mushrooms in this level. So you have to find one nearby and then bring it back. And I like that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. I guess I, maybe this is not struck. They don't hit that same chord with me. I, I do think they're the ugliest Mario games that have ever existed. Yeah. They sure I are. hate the art style in them. Yeah. Yeah, that pseudo 3D whatever, right? Yeah, there. Yeah, to me, yeah. if you ask me, it, it kind of probably peaked at Super Mario World and has never got back to that height again, which is kind of mm-hmm. silly because it's been 30 years. <laughs> totally. I, I don't disagree. I think Super Mario World is pretty tough to beat. That game is pretty fantastic. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like they sound, they've not even taken a swing at it. I mean, it's just they're like, nope, okay. And I guess that's it. I mean, to the point where I think it's, that's why we got Mario Maker, because they're just not good at making Mario levels anymore. <laughs> they're like, they're like, you do it if you want it. it. Yeah. I, I kind of thought that we'd end up with, like, I thought they'd end up, like, hiring some of the best level designers, be like, oh man, this guy's great. But, like, it's just that, like, I think more often than not, I'll see like things posted on social media where it's like, look at this like insane level that That's these people are say. able to do. That might and have been like, their intention, but then yeah. everyone just wanted to make Kaizo levels. Yeah. 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 That's the problem is that Kaizo gets all the attention. And those, I mean, if you ask, I'm sure there are people that do enjoy it. To me, there's no, there's no joy there. Yeah, I would agree. If anyone's played the uh, you know Lost Levels or the Japanese Mario Two, like that game is not a fun game. That is a frustrating and annoying game. Yeah, there was a reason yeah. why you could like save progress. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, um, I I, I want to say I fired up Lost Levels on the Super Nintendo cart maybe twice. I'm, it's I'm just, glad you yeah. gave it a second chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like I yeah I, and I did not I definitely did not know at the time that that's what they got that's what Japan got as as two. I definitely thought it was like we found these levels somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> they were lost. Yeah, yeah. 
it's it's terrible yeah there's no joy in that game i've i've mm. beaten it twice and i don't think i'll ever go back to it again it's mm. you got through all like the the special levels and everything on the super nintendo version yeah oh, okay okay yeah yeah it's a it's a rough one <laughs> it sure is um but yeah i i lean with with chris on the 2d and say that world's probably the the peak of that uh, style um but 3d i actually still really like 64 the most i think um i just like each how each star is kind of like a challenge um mm. on its own um mm-hmm. and it makes the levels feel I don't know, bigger than they they actually are because they're not that big um but when you've got mm. six or seven reasons to go back in that are you know different variations of it you kind of get to explore the whole level it kind of forces you to uh which i really like i still think mm. it controls pretty well it's simple enough that uh, it doesn't get too complicated I, I love odyssey but there's some stuff in odyssey that i would cut out of that game whereas in in 64 i think it's pretty pretty tight package um and i do love the galaxy games as well that that bill brought up and and i would agree with him that they're both really good but i'd give the edge to one as well there's something about that that hub world that's uh, pretty great and it gave us rosalina i was, and we I was got just rosalina. thinking i didn't want yeah i didn't want to interrupt like i always do but i was i was like rosalina is so special and i'm so glad that the the little star uh got a weird you know really uh, weird weird, um uh representation um in in the new movie kind of this like oddly morbid cute you know like locked up version and you know it's i understand it was played as a joke but like just you know completely not representative of like you know the whole vibe of that game i there's never a luma like that in any of the games that i'm aware of yeah is is it strange to me that they can't settle on one thing in the 3d games we go from like stars to you know to shines to moons moons. (laughs) well well, they explained in odyssey the moons are just stars they're just shaped like moons but they're actually stars (laughs) that makes total sense you you didn't play it to the end chris you wouldn't understand you're right i would not understand (laughs) yeah read read my extended fanfic (laughs) <laughs> well, when you get to the Mushroom Kingdom and they actually look like stars again, one of the toads like tells you that. He's like, oh, they're, they're all stars. They just, you know, they're from a different planet. So they look different than these stars. Yeah. It's actually uh, one of the uh, Bioshock infinite worlds because there's they're all <laughs> they're all connected. See, it's Mario infinite. <laughs> uh, so what elements make the perfect Mario game for you specifically. Hmm. Starting me again. Yeah. You bet. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, above all else, I always think of it as a platformer. So I need to have platforming, not challenges, but I need to have, I need to be doing interesting things with platforming. And I think that's why galaxy stood out so much to me with the planetoids and the change in gravity. Um, and, and you know, kind of like platforming, like around like spherical objects and then adding the bits where, you know, you're floating, you know, kind of free form floating. Uh, there's some of my favorite moments in Mario games 
uh, are moments that are relatively simple, but just do something just slightly unexpected within the the boundaries of still being a platformer where it happens and it's, and you just smile and you're like, Oh, that's great. You know, like that someone <laughs> had that idea or that they figured out how to do it and that it feels good to play it. Like you feel like you're in control and you feel like that great thing where, you know, if you die, you're like, okay, I died, but it was my, I know exactly what I did and I, and I got to just do it better type deal. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the platforming and, um, I'm not usually a boss battle guy um, because I'm, I'm a baby and I'm not great at video games. So like a lot of times when I hit a boss, I'm like, oh, like I should just I should just pause here and go go take a nap and like pass think the about controller it. to your kid. You do it. Yeah. Come back later after I watch like a video or something on how not to die or. But when I get to a boss in a Mario game, I'm like, oh, this is going to be good because I'm going to have to figure out, you know, like what the what the mechanics are and uh uh you know figure out how to kind of go about it and i know it's not going to be like super punishing um and then uh you know like usually there's like going to be another phase so um yeah the, i mean i know it seems like cheating to say like oh it's got to be a good platformer but it's not just being a good platformer because they figured out okay a long time ago okay here's the platforms you just got to jump around and do it and then okay now let's add enemies to make it harder and then in like two and three, especially each of the worlds really had like its own personality where, you know, they felt very different, like whether it's the desert, like up and up mm-hmm. in the sky, uh, like the super, super big area where like it just it felt so different than anything else. Uh, but, you know, they, they got to kind of keep pushing. So then, when I, like I said before, when it gets to galaxy, those planetoids um, and also uh, using the. Um, uh, the Wiimote to pick up star bits. Uh, it, I just, it's so little and so simple, but like I was always doing something. I was always engaged, you know, like whether I was like running or, or jumping or platforming around. So, so to me it's, and I remember reading this article once that was like, you know, it seems like it'd be the simplest type of game to make as a platformer, but like, if it's so good, like how come nobody can make like a, consistently make like a good platformer? Like, look how many people have tried and like, look how many like mediocre platformers there are out there. So they have to nail the feel of the jump, the feel of moving through the environment. Uh, And it can't be frustrating, but it has to challenge you just enough where you need to modify what you're doing and and, you know, kind of still be having fun with it. So uh, I, I think if I could crystallize it more clearly, I'd be better at making video games uh but uh that's that's why i don't make them but but yeah but i i, I do it does remind me of I'd, that point i'd play earlier. your mediocre <laughs> that's actually the the working title uh that we're reusing now a mediocre platformer um but it reminds me of when you like you know yoshi eating peppers it's like you know sometimes you throw something at the wall and like it doesn't stick for some people um and that's fine to take those those risks but there's just something like joyous about like, you know, getting into a platforming experience that you maybe didn't expect. And it's just super, super fun and relaxing to play. So, so yeah, it's, uh, the, 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 the feel more than anything else. How about you, Chris, what makes the perfect Mario game? Really well-designed levels. Um, where you can tell they really spent a lot of time crafting, 
play testing, presenting you with just the right amount of challenge and asking you to do just enough tricky things and pushing your skills just a little bit farther than the last levels did. That's, to me, what makes a good Mario game. When you feel there's progression, right? I start here, I'm learning my base. Like you told me, oh, I'm here on the first level, I learn, I gotta jump over the Goomba. And I gotta, mm. like, oh, it gives me the first thing that looks like a pit, but it's okay if I fall in it, I don't die. <laughs> and then the next time it comes up, though, oh, if I fall in that one, I'm dead. You know what I mean? But even in level structure, right? Like, okay, you gotta be able to do these skills here. Later on, okay, well, now we're going to give you an auto-scroller. So you really have to know how to nail these jumps or you're just dead. Um, or, you know what I mean? Those sorts of things where they've really given it a lot of thought, a lot of good design, and made a nice cohesive package that pulls you all the way through and keeps you feeling like you need to level up your skills all the way through the game. I most of the things you guys said apply to me as well like it's got to have the i love the movement in the mario games like they've really perfected in both the 2d and the 3d it's just fun and interesting to move mario around he, he controls very very well um and like bill was saying um kind of around the time mario 3 came out uh they've carried it on since then where they each new world you get to even in the 3D ones, uh, they like have each world has its own gimmick, and they play around with that in such a cool way, just to the point where it could start to feel stale. But then the world's over, and you go to the next world, and it's got a different gimmick. And you know, instead of sand pits this time, it's ice, and instead of ice this time, it's you know gravity, and instead of gravity this time, it's you know swimming, and and then. They, they just have fun with those ideas and they and they mess around with them in, in cool and interesting ways. Um, and to build off what Chris was talking about with the progression, I love how simple they start off and teach you those skills and they get progressively harder and harder. And then especially with, with the newer ones, like probably since World and Onward, uh, there's like, hey, here's extra challenges if you really want to push yourself to a a limit we don't expect every player to make um and they can be really fun uh sometimes they can take me quite a while to figure out and it can be frustrating until you have that moment where it just kind of clicks and you're like oh like i see why i have to jump here or why i have to leave that enemy so i can bounce off them or I need this power up to get through whatever it is it takes a little more uh brain power and, and a higher skill level um and they like like I said, I think every game since World has kind of done that. Like with uh, Galaxy, when they make you go back for the green stars, mm -hmm. um, or in the new Super Mario games where you get all the coins and they unlock the new worlds. Uh, the Odyssey, they have the darker side of the moon. Like they all do have some version of that that uh, is really fun for once you've done the game to like it's a little bit more enjoyment you can squeeze out of that. Um, and the last thing I think makes a perfect Mario game is they're just all a little bit goofy. None of them are totally serious, and they all have a little bit of weirdness and, and campiness to them that, that's very fun. That's that's definitely true. Uh, Flood yeah. will uh, attest to that. <laughs> well, Flood's a little too serious for me. 
There's, they throw him in jail. There's lawyers. Like, it's that's too dark. Um, and just to finish it up, uh, you don't need to really explain it if you don't want to. I just want to know your favorite power-up for both of you guys. What's your favorite Mario power-up, Bill? I feel like there's there's so many over the years, and they've added some. And, you know, like, it's the one that I still get the most excited about, like, hearkening back to my, you know, Mario 3 love. I love the leaf. Like whenever the leaf shows up, I'm just so happy that it's floating down. I'm about to become <laughs> Tanuki Mario. And uh, I, I know the extension of that would be, I guess, uh, like the P-Wing where like you're just like infinite. But like it just kind of feels like a level skip to me. I'd rather play the level. Mm-hmm. So that that Tanuki leaf, um, I don't know if they call it the Tanuki leaf, super leaf or whatever it is, but uh it's just the one that like, and there's been plenty of power ups since then that are like, oh, that's cool and interesting, and like you know, the one where like you know, you're like a you know you're like a big helicopter spinny thing, and then you're slowly <laughs> kind of coming down. Like there's some fun and interesting ones, but nothing quite gets me excited uh, to grab a power up like that leaf does. What you, Chris? What's your favorite power up? I'm gonna go with the cape, mm. and it's because the cape. You can do some really interesting things if you've got skill. Right? If you can get really good at flying the cape, you can go pretty much as far as you want to. In fact, in some cases you can gain height if you're really good at it. And it allows you to get into some really interesting places that you just can't get to otherwise. And they know that and they take advantage of it and how they build things. And to just like, oh, I see how it can be done, but it's not easy to do it. So I think a lot of other power-ups are just kind of do what they do. But I think that's one that really takes skill to be able to execute some of the things with that power-up. Yeah, that's true. I really like the spring from Super Mario Galaxy where you just get to bounce really high (laughs) and weird. (laughs) It's stupid and you don't use it that many levels, but uh, it kind of reminds me of like the old boot from three where it's just like it's fun while it lasts it's not helpful really you don't really need it but it's just it's just a fun thing to do yep you know you reminded me of is the uh the frog when you become frog in uh, odyssey on the moon oh yeah jump like a mile up in the air (laughs) there's a lot that's another like that's another limited uh you know use power up just in that particular instance but yeah there's so many like little fun ones that kind of crop up that uh that are just fun like you said like or like chris said level design someone's designed a level and they're like ooh, you know it would be really fun to play in this level is this and then like the power up might get like designed around the level so that that could definitely totally. be a, a cool way to go about it yeah my favorite thing about the power ups in odyssey was every time we'd get a new one we'd pause the game and like spin the camera around so we could see what the power up looked like with a mustache <laughs> <laughs> that's great yeah well, thank you for talking to me about uh, my boy Mario. Appreciate it. Uh, it's was, a hint. It was hey, good to hear. It's good to hear your <laughs> your ideas and, and takes on it. Um, I'm still. I feel like more into Mario than my children for some reason, but uh, <laughs> it, it's good to be able to share that with them uh, every once in a while when our when the paths cross. Mm-hmm. Anything else you guys want to add before we finish up? 
No, I'm just, I guess, amazed at how Disney-esque Nintendo has turned this property into. Like, they want it to be their Mickey Mouse. And mm-hmm. kind of the way they He's treat... definitely that. that, yes. Yeah, the way they treat that character in this property now reminds me a lot of that. Like, it's very... I think earlier on we saw weird things with like the the Super Mario movie and stuff where <laughs> it was just kind of a thing and it wasn't it didn't need to be sacred but now it's kind of come to that status where it's like no this these are things that Mario would never do and these are the things that Mario would do and it's like a you know what I mean and it's it's become that Mickey mm-hmm. Mouse situation where uh, Mario very much lives in a certain box and. Um, I hope that doesn't curtail things too much going forward. Yeah, like, I mean, when Miyamoto retires or passes away, um, it'll be really a weird place for Mario to, like, have someone new kind of, like, take that over. Yeah, because I think, you know, he has that ability because it's his, and nobody's going to question him if he goes, well, well, let's try this. I, I get afraid that at a certain point once he's gone, people are like, no, this is this is the Mario canon, and thou shalt not, you know, yeah, transgress. Yeah. So, I don't know. be interesting to see how it goes, I guess, over time. Very much. So, if people want to follow you, Bill, where would they go and do that? Uh, I've been on Instagram more than anything else lately. Um, you can still find me on Twitter, uh, Bill underscore McGee. Uh, but, uh, uh, I think I mentioned last time, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be, uh, over there really, uh, or, or maybe really any of us. Um, so, uh, on Instagram, it's, uh, wild bill 52, uh, with one L, uh, as always. Um, and that's just been a place that I've kind of been sharing pictures of, kind of shows i go to like things i you know kind of walk by like you know flea markets things i think are interesting so it's just easier to you know do some picture stuff over there so so yeah if you feel like the instagram that's where i'm at now about you chris where can people find you well i mean i run the show accounts so that's on most of the socials and um, i'll post things regularly i do post to twitter from time to time but you know like bill says it's it's becoming a weirder place all the time. So uh, who knows what's going to happen over there. Um, uh, yeah, for the time being over there, I would say really, though, if you want to interact, um, become a patron. Join our Discord. I really like chatting with everybody over there. It's a very good experience, and you don't have to worry about what some deranged billionaire will, will do tomorrow. <laughs> so yeah, You know what? That's, that's a phenomenal point because when I think in my head, ooh, I'm going to post a picture of this thing that I think is cool, I never think to do it to Twitter. I think to do it in the Discord where my friends are who, you know, like uh, it's like a closed kind of environment or on Instagram where it's way fewer, you know, like uh, people. So Next time someone asks me, hey, Bill, where can people find you? I'm going to say on the Discord because that is like my social spot these days. I just have to correct Chris slightly, too. There's three deranged billionaires there because of our Patreon, though. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Um, Yeah, I can only dream. But seriously, (laughs) if you want to be social with me, yeah, Discord. You you know, Toss a buck in, come chat with us. I'm not trying to do it because I'm trying to make money. It's just, uh, 
you know, maybe in a different world I would throw our Discord wild out, but I think I like it being a curated space um, where I I can enjoy the people I'm talking with, if that makes any sense. So, patrons, I'm talking to you. I do enjoy talking with you. And um, some of our listeners that I interact on Twitter, I really like you folks, and that's why I stay there to some degree and post some things over there, because there's still some people I like to interact with a lot. And if I could get them to be somewhere else and I could still interact with them... I think I'd be much happier, but it's they're at where they're at, and I'm at where I'm at. So um, for the time being, yeah, that's going to be it. I want to know how the book deal is going, Kelsey. Yeah, I just got to complain about Twitter for a sec, too. Oh, yeah, you go for it. Chris spent years, years getting me on this damn platform. (laughs) Look, don't blame me. Now they're all leaving me here. Don't blame me. That was was pre-Musk. I can't. I could not have foreseen that this would happen. <laughs> uh, book uh, is still plugging along. It's just slow because I had three jobs uh, recently, plus all the stuff I still have to do for the book. So things got slow. Uh, Steve, that I'm working on the book with, also started a new job recently. So we've just been just been swamped getting like our new routines uh, what our new normal looks like um so we haven't been connecting quite as much as we used to because we used to talk like daily and, and like have calls every weekend and and that's kind of slowed down a lot but the bulk of it's done we're pushing to get what hours we can in a day um working on it still so i'm hoping by uh what what are we in now we're in uh april i'm hoping by may to have like big exciting news and and more uh set in stone dates kind of thing for that kind of stuff so hopefully soon looking forward to it which i feel like i've been saying since like november i don't ask to put pressure on you i ask because i'm i genuinely want to pick a copy up and read the book appreciate that um yeah i don't feel pressure like the most of the work part that I have to do is done. So you can pressure away. It's not my pressure now. It's someone else's <laughs> pressure. I can't imagine that publishing a book is in any way, shape or form <laughs> easy. So no, like I'm learning a lot. I've never done this before. So it's all, it's all new and, and things pop up all the time that I didn't expect or didn't know about. So it's, it's cool. And there's a lot more people involved than I would have thought initially. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can still find me on Twitter uh, at Kelsey Polnick if you want to chat. I don't post a lot there anymore, but I'm still around. Uh, I, I interact with the few people that I enjoy interacting with. Um, <clears throat> and I hopefully will continue to be able to do so for a while longer. Um, you can check out the show at collectorcast.com. Uh, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash collectorcast. And other than that, we will see you guys next time.